Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Timeless Podcast. Today I'm joined by Adam, um, because although he's called Barry Letter on my screen, yes. I realised on the Zoom recordings you actually can't see the names. So I realised no. in the one-year anniversary when I said he's called this for some reason, it made no sense to you whatsoever. But today the plan did change last minute. Unfortunately, Connor has come down with a chest infection. Don't worry, it's not COVID. It's not, to my knowledge, it's not COVID-19. So he's... Fingers crossed he's okay. Uh, we wish him well. I hope he'll be back on his feet soon. But Adam is still here. But this time we're not going to be talking about Canine and Company. We've got like an expansive sort of list to do. But first, let's just chat. Adam, how are you? It's been a while since we've done this like this on the podcast. I think like November. Yeah, I think the last one where it was just you and I having a chat, it was about Captain America, the Christmas uh, Christmas ad Bonanza, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is like probably the best entry. This, this is the best way to talk about the MCU. It's the best way to celebrate the MCU by incorporating Christmas. That's why Iron Man 3 is so celebrated. But in any case, yeah, I've been all right since then. Um, you know, all's groovy. Starting my final semester uni tomorrow. That's that's uh, that's nerve-wracking, but uh, at, at least at the time of recording, I've started, so Tuesday. Well, uh, yeah, no, well, yeah, no, this comes out today. This comes out today. So oh, well, there, there we go. So it will be, to, it will be tomorrow, then. The reason this episode's up late is because we are recording it on Monday, the 15th. But, yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been strange, hasn't it, over the past, since then. The world's kind of gone upside down, flipped, you know, kind of like Fresh Prince. I was going to say, um, you need to start doing the Fresh Prince thing. Yeah, I, I can't rap, so I'm not even going to attempt it. I could probably do it with the music on, but I couldn't. I'm no Will Smith, um, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, so it's just, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I've started my, uh, my second semester at uni, which is weird to think that you're starting your final one and I'm only yeah. going to go through the second one, which is strange. But I suppose it's, that's weird, but yeah. We're here. We're going to chat some shit. Uh, interestingly, though, today, um, Zoom took money of our bank accounts for season eight, like mm. half a month early. Or no, it was three weeks early. Yeah, yeah, pretty, mu pretty much. But um, I remember the original release date was meant to be next Monday. Um, and then it got pushed back to early March. But um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, whether we're going to get it maybe nearer the original release date or whether, you know, we'd get it you know sometime before because usually zoom do dispatch sort of the weekend before it's released so yeah it, i think we're at a point you know it's sort of it's starting to get we're starting to you know yeah get pro progress but yeah and i wonder as well with 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 zoom apparently closing or at least being bought out or taken over do they give a shit anymore are they mm. just sort of like just get it out like we got them in now let's push them out what have you yeah it's it's strange for sure um whenever we get it we get it because you resist the chat i wouldn't have noticed if you didn't tell me so thank you because i didn't mm. I, I didn't i didn't have money in my bank at the time so i was like right i need to put money in um but yeah if you didn't do that i would just not noticed um we've gone why didn't i get season eight but i do need to go on hmv website and cancel my season eight because i've also i pre-ordered it with them as well as a fail safe so i don't want two season eights coming out in bank um mm. that would be awful um so yeah it's crazy but also we got a trailer yesterday i think it was yesterday might have been the day before did you see said trailer 
Oh, is this? Yeah, I think I know which trailer you're talking about, and uh, it was. It, it looked. It, it, this this sort of thing looks fine. I, I'm. I guess you're talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, am I the only one that don't care? <laughs> I mean, I. Do you know what's strange? I've not even seen the first version. Like I've seen bits of it. I've seen bits and pieces of it. And you don't want to. You don't, no, it... you don't want to. But like, this is my thing, right? Everyone's talking about release the Snyder Cut, release it in his own his own form, which I do believe as a filmmaker you should do. I do believe the studio should have done that. They should obviously they brought Joss Sweden in, which has also brought its own controversies over the past few weeks and also last year with Ray Fisher and things like that. But but I'm sort of like, how can a four-hour version of that fix the original thing which was dreadful like like there's no way you can't just bunk more on it to, to make it better that's not how it works i mean let's like for example i mean although i like thomas children let's go with that so you know like series 11 people said there wasn't it was too light it wasn't great you know there wasn't enough connection so christian went right we'll do everything and some people didn't like that you can't just fix shit by Making it longer, it's like that ain't gonna work. Also, why is Jared Leto back? I thought we binned him off. Like, no offense to Jared Leto, but like nobody asked for that at all. Like, I don't think anyone went. I like that version of the Joker, and I think that is by almost unanimous. I think I'm fairly sure it's probably got a corner of fans, but I don't know. Like, I, it just it seems weird. I, I want the Snyder Cut of The Room when I do the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Release the Snyder Cut of The Room. The YSO Cut. The no, no, I, no I, I want Zack Snyder to remake The Room. <laughs> I want Christopher Nolan to remake The Room. Ooh, who would do better, Christopher Nolan or Quentin Tarantino? Well, I know Tarantino will make it more violent, but yeah. then Nolan will probably just get Hans Zimmer going boom every now and again. <laughs> so you actually can't hear what the fuck they're saying. Yeah, you can't, yeah so <laughs> it, de- it depends. Like, which one do you prefer? Um, well, because in, in the Tarantino version, he probably would have hit her. <laughs> and it turns out, you know, but Christ the bike. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even think we're getting the Snyder Cut in the UK anyway, so I don't know why I'm so bothered, but... Yeah, I don't know. It just to me just seems a pointless thing. You know, it's sort of, I don't know. What what do you think? Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's rather pointless as well? Like the um, ending's gonna be the same. Like it's not gonna change anything. It probably won't change a great deal. And but I think it's good that Zach gets getting to tell his vision. Uh I think it's good to that um that I think yes, I think I think it depends because like no matter what people think of Jared Leto's Joker, I, it's, I think it's fair enough giving him another shot and like, you know, seeing how people, because people might think differently. Um, people might, you know, change this. But if, you know, I think dependent on like, because it's a different context as well. Because now we've got, there's like dark side coming into it and everything like that. So I definitely feel like it'll add a different context. And if people, you know, people might not like that. And, you know, I, I know they're not going to carry on, but it's going to be a thing that's out there. And it, it it's kind of up to the fans really to decide whether it's their cup of tea or not. So I don't feel like it's it's necessarily a pointless release. I think it's quite interesting, and I think because Marvel and DC are sort of going in sort of multiverse, so there's sort of multiple versions of different characters and stuff like that. It kind of feels like for the first time both are kind of doing 
like a similar thing where you just had Joaquin Phoenix do Joker and then, you know, suddenly you had Joe Leto in. But then I hear rumors of Michael Keaton might be coming into it as well. So it's all this kind of different, you know, celebra- celebrating different versions of different stories. So I think it's fine. So, yeah. Um, so also uh, as well, uh, we've... Cherry has been pushed back the Apple TV release, which is a shame because I was looking forward to that. It's been pushed back to the 12th of March. So a film I was genuinely looking forward to, Russo Brothers, um, which we probably could have reviewed eventually as well, considering on that Russo Brothers film sort of thing. And we were both sort of looking forward to it, but it's been pushed back a few weeks. Um, I think it's also just to give it a cinema stint i think that's the reason apple did it i have to i have to say though i do like the fact that a lot of these companies are giving films cinema stints as well i think i think that's really good although they're not doing it as prolonged because they know it won't work out in the long run they already give it a few weeks i think that is a better way of going because it will help the cinemas i think that's important um obviously in the uk at the minute cinemas aren't open so cherry probably won't get a cinema stint here um but are you, are you still looking forward to cherry um I'm looking forward. To, I'm still looking forward to the films. You know, even though no matter how many times the films get pushed back, I'm still looking forward to seeing what they're going to be like. Cherry's one, A Quiet Place two, because yeah. I'm intrigued about how that's going to follow up from the first one. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, like and even even No Time to Die, which has been pushed back loads like since. Um, uh, all, all I'm like, saying is, imagine if it's like the worst bomb film ever made, and everyone's been like, "Why do you keep pushing it back?" It turns out there was actually a blessing in disguise. But yeah, the only reason I'm saying I'm really excited for Cherry is because it's the one film I know will be out in 2021. Like, I know, in my heart of hearts, I know that's, that's a film that I can get hyped for because I know it's around the corner. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's it, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, 2021 and 2022 are going to be blockbuster years of cinema just because of the backlog. Like, I, I think it's going to be like a few years until cinemas have kind of like a slow release. I think there's going to be a massive burst of films coming out as soon as possible when we can reopen cinemas safely and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. Mm. Also, Adam, I watched Soul this week, finally. Um, Excellent. Uh, because you're probably going to think, well, why, why didn't you watch it when when, when it first came out? Because I, I, I was home, obviously, for Christmas, and I'm in Cardiff at the minute in my student flat. And I was like, I don't want to watch it on my laptop screen because it's Pixar. I was like, I want to give it the, the HD big screen treatment that I would normally get. And my family were like, yeah, we ain't watching that tross so i was like right i've got to wait i came back and i got busy and then you forget and then it just everything piles on top and then but now i was like right i'm gonna watch it today and i cried so there you go pixar normal did did you enjoy so what, what do you think was better of the 2020 releases for pixar onward or so oh that's a good question um i think so uh because it's deeply touched by soul uh that's that was a bad pun, but um, that yeah, was, that I was think, all right. I don't think I think you've made worse. I think yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I just love Pixar's very sort of um, both can uh, attract kids and also adults. You know, into the story. Into story yeah. is rich. It's um, very. It's got. It's got. It's got this kind of quiet character moments, but also it's got his, his sort of fun absurd kind of pixar quirks about it as well and that's what i, I love that the yeah. balance is so there that they get the emotion but also the the fun part of it like you know um 
the, the, the Jamie Foxx's character being in the body of a cat, stuff like that, yeah. that you, where you can have the fun moments, but then you're like, oh my God, you know, somebody else was like, yeah. it was in their body. Yeah, they just do it so well. So I think Soul was definitely more, it hit that balance a bit more. Yeah. Like, maybe Onward, I'd say, yeah. I think I think Onward was sort of the, the blockbuster sort of release. Yes. Year. It was I very agree. much like your, which is kind of weird to say if you picked her, but I kind of like the fact that they didn't, it's sort of like your Incredibles 2. Like, I like the Incredibles 2. I prefer it to the original, but again, though, I just kind of like tit for tat. They're both like, incredible films. Um, no, that's that was a that was an accidental thing. Um, but they are they are really good. But there was something there was something about Soul that was just you didn't know where it was going. Yeah, like, mm. you didn't you didn't know. Um, and although some people might find the ending cheap, I actually find it rather rather beautiful. Um, but no, I, to be fair as well, I completely forgot to look for the Easter egg, so I'm going to have to go back, do some Googling, find out where your typical Pixar Easter eggs are in that film. It was, weird to, Planet, man. it was weird. It was weird to see Graham Norton in a Pixar film. I have a rather, like, he wasn't like a main character, but he have a rather prominent part. It was mm. kind of strange. But also, um, I like the fact in the trailers, they didn't reveal anything because there was barely any of the whole cat stuff. In the trailers, it was all just like the soul verse, I guess, mm. that you saw in the trailers. It was nice to have Rich Daiwadi in another animation film, because obviously he was in Lego Movie 2 as the ice cream. Um, so it's nice to see him back again. I'm a big fan of his. No, yeah, overall, beautiful film. Um, yeah, but Pixar are definitely on his stride right now. I can't remember what their next film offering is, because Disney drops so much stuff that you just can't remember everything. Mm. Because I know, I know Raya and the Last Dragon is a Disney film, isn't it? It's not, that's not. It is Pixar. a Disney, it's not Pixar, no. So, yeah, so whatever Pixar are offering next, I'm excited. Whatever Disney are offering next, I'm excited. Um, and also quickly, WandaVision. Obviously, in three weeks' time when WandaVision wraps up, Adam will be back, but that's time to talk about Civil War. And WandaVision will stop going to, like, double it because at that point WandaVision yeah. will be finished. Um, but WandaVision this week, uh, what, what do you think? This, it's really getting going. I'm really liking what they're doing. Um, the, I think they're striking a good balance between uh, everything in Westview that's going on and also the stuff at Sword. Um, I think, I don't think either feel like, you know, it's, you know, ah, you know, we cut back to Sword, it's a bit boring. And then, you know, Westview, it's sort of, it's both parts of the storyline are equally engaging. And so you have the fun sitcom-y side of things which is built, you know, which is built upon this like mystery side of like what's what's who's really in control, what's going on, and I think I think the best thing about these kind of shows is the theories you have, and and there's like a bunch of theories I could probably go to into, but I'll discuss that sort of at a later date. What I you know sort of where I think my theories are going, but it's getting me thinking, it's getting me looking forward to the series, and you know when the next uh, episode drops is also when the Muppet Show drops. So you're so excellent. excited for that. He's so excited. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. That's worth it. What is it now? Eight ninety nine alone. Has it gone up to eight ninety nine now with Star coming? I probably, I probably will. Yeah, I think it's five ninety nine because Star's about to drop. I think. Oh, so it's seven. Week. It goes to seven ninety nine. It goes to seven ninety nine because it goes up by I, two I think it will later. Yeah, but I don't think it's yet because uh, yeah. Star's not happened yet. Star Star comes out next Tuesday, so we've got, yeah, we got one it. more podcast before Star. Um, it's quite interesting, but yeah, no, yeah, you can't wait for the Muppet Show. It's like it's just that, but it's just that bit of light of entertainment that you need. No, 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 I'm I'm not joking, but I can remember, I I remember vividly when it first got announced the excitement, like you could not stop smiling 
Yeah, sure it was what, great. You, you were loving it. It's great. It's it's nice, you know. Uh, also, just for the just for the people watching this on the YouTube, uh, this is currently my phone background. Uh, don't ask why. I had a few drinks. Oh, there I am. Yeah. I had a few drinks one night, and Adam said, "Keep that as your phone background," and I haven't changed it. I don't know why. I can't find anything good to change it with yet, but I, I will. Um, it's so, just it's just because that face is rather funny as well. Do you think you could recreate that? Um, if I were drunk, which I was at the time, but, were you? you know. what the, that was like within that. Well, I, I was a, I was a few drinks in at least. I, oh, I, yeah, I think no. I was like three or four pints in. Yeah, definitely. Will yeah. Remember when you could go to the pub and have a pint? Oh. Yeah. Christ. Yeah. No, I, I think I think the good thing about One Division to go back as well is. There's there's mysteries on both sides. So you got mysteries in Westview, and then you have got mysteries within Sword as well. I think that it kind of keeps both sides engaging. I'm definitely liking the later episodes, not only because also Pietro is in there, and you don't know what's going on with him. Is he Pietro? Probably not. Um, but but also I like they they're now doing the sitcoms that I remember. You know what I mean? So it's sort so they of did like, Malcolm in the Middle. Didn't Malcolm they? in the Middle, which obviously I I remember that slight like little bits. Uh, compared to like Bewitched, which obviously I'd never seen, um, so that was like, but, you know, I think as well as going to be one of those series that it's going to change things in a big way by the end of it. Mm. I think as well, well, this kind of stuff is great. I think the second half is making One Division a lot more rewatchable. I think as well. I think that's that's kind of like a cool thing. Um, mm. But no, there's so much. There's so many mysteries now. Who's Agnes? Can Vision actually survive outside of? Whatever they're calling it, they've got a name for it. I just can't remember. The, the, you know, whatever they're calling it. The can hex he, or something. The hex, there you go, because the hexagons, the hex. Mm. Can he survive outside the hex? Apparently not. He doesn't remember he's an Avenger, which is kind of interesting. Mm. Um, so it's all kind of strange. We don't know what's going on. It's exciting. Um, but yeah. Anyway, we've got a big thing to discuss this week. So we may as well we get do. into it because we may be here for a while in typical Alex and Adam fashion. Um, so essentially we were meant to do K9 Company as said before, and then literally a few hours earlier, uh, Connor woke up feeling incredibly ill. Uh, so I was like, right, Adam, we need, we need a backup plan. He's like, I got this. We're gonna, he said, I'm going to let you explain it so I don't, I don't mess it up. But I know what we're doing. Yeah, so basically um, yesterday, Emily Cook hosted a watch long for Love and Monsters. And I thought, I have, I have not seen that story in years probably around the time it was broadcast um or just later because i became a fan later but sort of near of the time it was broadcast but anyway i thought we, we could just like def either defend or talk about an episode that's hugely polarizing and like see um maybe get to opposite views and do that kind of thing and then we kind of expanded it and kind of thought well why don't we just kind of do a favorite underappreciated and overappreciated pitch doctor so essentially for the first seven of the classic Doctors from Doctors 1 to 7 and also the five modern Doctors, 9 through to 13. We're missing um, we'll out eight. Because... We are, yes, because um, there's not a lot of TV. We're just going through the TV era of Doctor Who um, because obviously uh, I've listened to a fair bit of Big Finish, not not like a massive multitude amount. And uh, I think I could probably say the same for Alex. Yeah. Uh, so it's a bit harder to judge. So If, but, so if, only, if only we could tag in Ben Lett for the eighth Doctor segment. He yes. Could, yeah. He would be able to give us a great overview. But yeah, mm. so uh, mate, I'm, so how should we do this in terms of order? Should we do 
We could do it by doctor. Yeah, no, so but go I, for your... I know that. But I'm saying, do we do underrated? Should we do underrated for no? Should we? Yeah, should we go from positive to negative? So should we go best underrated overrated? Yeah, I did. I did best underrated overrated. No, no, um, still that one. But what we might do? Should we just list it like per doctor and then discuss it per doctor? Rather, you know. Yeah, so no, I, no, I'll, yeah. I'll list my favorite underappreciated, overappreciated in one. Then you do your the same, and then so yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll do we'll do it per doctor, not all. Of them oh yeah, together. per doctor. But I didn't want to do favorite, and then yeah, because that'd take us forever to like yeah, yeah, yeah right. So first doctor, what what is your list? Oh, I put them on the spot. Okay, no, I was, I was just taking a drink just because um I knew I'd be like talking a lot. So <clears throat> my favorite is the time meddler. Nice. Underappreciated is the chase. Mm-hmm. Overappreciated the tenth planet. Okay, so my favorite is the Aztecs. The underappreciated, the underappreciated one. I've got Edge of Destruction, and overappreciated, I've got an unearthly child. I nearly went unearthly child, but I went, nah, not really. Right. <laughs> so the time meddler, I can't really comment on because it's one I haven't seen. I've heard great things. I know Tardis Monkey did a watch long, but that was a, that was a, the weekend. I was busy doing something. I know I was away and I wanted to do it, but I knew I was away somewhere. So um, I did want to do that one, but I didn't get around to it. But I have seen The Chase, so I can talk about The Chase. Um, the Chase is really good. I like it. I think I think it is underappreciated uh, because it's not perfect. There are cracks in the writing and such forth. But I think it's also, although Susan's exit is seen as like the first big exit of Doctor Who, I think Ian and Barbara is uh, a much larger loss to the to the first Doctor, not as a character, but I think as an era. I think I think those t- that, that dynamic of the three of them, which is quite solid for, for the rest of that season, after Susan goes, is kind of what you remember about the first Doctor's era. You know, the Doctor Ian and Barbara is sort of that trio, or the yeah. and maybe it's just I don't like Susan. Sorry, Susan, um, but. But no, I think yeah, I think it, I think it's a really monumental story that is underappreciated. You know, you can't really go wrong with some Daleks either. Sixties Daleks, it's great. You know, just um, also it's it's not the pacing's rather strong. I never really get bored with it. Um, mm. There's just some bits in it that you're like, huh? But I don't really get bored with the chase. I think it's a solid story. It's it's one of it's, I think it's a Dalek story. You know. It's not them at their, like, obviously they have menace to them. and this, But I think because they're so little, you know, weak-minded and sort of so simple-minded and, like, in terms of the villains, like, you know, you know, just just make everybody, you know, just as, as long as the Daleks reign supreme across the galaxy, that's sort of their main goal. The fact that also you can kind of, you know, the bit where the Dalek falls off the pirate ship and there's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's also fun and rewarding, I think, as an audience member to sort of see them sort of go through like, you know, to see them sort of being sort of taken out by like Frankenstein and stuff. Because yeah. I don't think it makes them weak. It, it's just having kind of fun with it as well. It, it, you kind of feel like, oh, you know, it's you know, instead of them being sort of menace and that's kind of it, really. Yeah, no, I, I think so. Yeah, I think, like I said, I don't, I, by, by all means, I know you did put it as your favourite, but I don't think it's the best. But I think it's mm. definitely a lot. I know, obviously, when we did the Doctor Who virtual pop quiz, when you did your quiz, that you got an actor from that. Uh, was was it was it Peter P- Purvis? P- Peter Purvis, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he didn't he say it was like a dumpster fire or something like that? Did not did, did he say it was? Did, did, did was it something like that? He didn't he call it like a so, mess? I don't know. It, I mean, it, it it can be, but like, um, it's definitely uh, not the best well-rounded story. But I think it's fun. I think 
That's yeah. it. I think that's something that Doctor Who should be above everything else, especially in the classic era. I think mm. I think now in the mon- in the modern television world, you probably couldn't get away with the story being fill the plot hole, especially with Twitter. Jesus Christ, Twitter would have a go at you if you had that kind of you know that kind of stuff. But I think especially for sixty two, the, the the ones I remember the most fondly are the ones that are fun, and they you know they kind of just make you like smile. I think that's kind of what a classic story can do uh, to its best ability. But no, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think I think that's definitely a solid choice. And then you said um, your, the tenth planet. The, tenth planet. Oh, I don't know, man. I think I disagree with you. I don't think I don't think it's perfect at all. I mm. think, but I, I I really like it. I think I'd argue because obviously the main villain are the Cybermen, and they have a great uh, end of part one with the hand in the snow, yeah. and like you see the human hand. So you, there is a kind of that. It's great, and they do have a great sort of. Um, you know, introduction even in part two when they're, when they're inside the base and everything. I think for, probably for a lot of people, and I, I think this is probably a common thing that's said across the like, fandom is like, because of like, you know, they were humans, I think maybe there could be a, in terms of that sort of body horror kind of moment when you kind of, they certainly got the creep and the menace, but I think, you know, there's probably a lot more that could have been done in terms of, you know, that kind of, in terms of what the idea of the Cybermen were, to maybe push that a bit further. I like the, you know, the stuff in the base and, you know, it's quite a tense drama. Um, the general's son's up there and there's a, there's a great sort of, uh, in terms of the humans on the base, it's got some great stuff there. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good introduction, but um, like, I think, I think, it, I think that's silly. I think, you know, there's a, a lot more depth that that's explored, that's explored later with the Cybermen. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I, I understand why you would say it's slightly overappreciated because I think, I think this obviously is, it's, it's not anyone's fault, but obviously Hartnell being absent for a lot of the story to sort of derail it as well, obviously due to his health, things like that. I think it, there's definitely, it kind of negates the third part. It is the third part, it just disappears. Right? Yes, and, that's it. Yeah. yeah, so that part is sort of... But I, I don't know. I, I oh, it's, it's tough because it's such a monumental story. It's the first regeneration. It's the first Cyberman story. Mm. It's sort of like, is it overappreciated or should it be? It's it's close. Do you know what? I, I, don't, know yeah. whether I, fully, I don't know whether I fully agree with you, but I see why you put it there. I, I couldn't... Re- I think in terms of First Doctor stuff... It's like, tough, in terms isn't of it? It's a bit... It was a bit like... I don't really think any's over too, yeah. too overly appreciated, which is why I yeah, thought I, I think I, if it came close to Ten Planet, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can with the First Doctor because everything is new. And this, this it gets is trickier later. Th- this is what I say because, like, for example, um, you know, the joke is that I don't like the First Doctor, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but you have to appreciate it. So we say overappreciated or underappreciated, especially that overappreciated. You can't really overappreciate anything because it's all new. They're all trying new things. It's it's tough, you know, mm. especially the later Hartnell stuff with him being ill and things like that. You kind of don't want to go, yeah, well, this is bad. <laughs> but I see why you put it. Like, I get it for sure. Mm. Right, my turn. So I said my favorite was the Aztecs. Um, yes. Which I think, I think it's per, I think it's your quintessential, I would say your quintessential historical story throughout all of Doctor Who. That honest, to, like, and I mean that legitimately because it's what it's the first classic historical I watched, um, and I'm, I think it, I think it sets everything up perfectly. I think you know Barbara, you know, tried to change the past, and then the Doctor going, "You cannot change history, not one line." One of the best lines in all of Doctor Who as well. 
Um, you know, I think it's really good. I think it shows the consequences. I think I think the, the actual past is well realized, unlike some classic few stories where it looks kind of hokey. I think I think actually the black and white aesthetic helps it and that you actually do think they're, you know, where they're meant to be. I think I I don't know. I think it's brilliant. I think I think it's only four parts as well, so it doesn't overstay its welcome. It wraps up quick enough. But yeah, I think I think it's I think I think it's really fun. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. It's, it's 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 as you say. It's very quintessential. It's very much in terms of like if you were to show somebody a, a historical from the classic era, odds are this one's probably going to be the one that you show. And particularly with the you can't read history not one line. I that's 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 very iconic. And um, but and Barbara sort of that, that friction between the Doctor and Barbara because she's very much in sort of the, you know she's very much like wants to potentially rewrite history for the better uh, and you can see where she's coming from but the doctor's like no some things have to stick and this is sort of where it all began in terms of that sort of trip in Doctor Who because it's done multiple times throughout its different iterations so yeah, yeah. It, it's it's great yeah no and uh, yeah I, I would agree with you and I also think it uses all the companions well I think especially we've seen even in the modern era when you have three companions some of them have to get pushed to the wayside but I think this is one of those stories where everyone does something or they have something to do I think it's important um but yeah no I, I think it moves at a beat I think it's fun it's always one that I probably would go to rewatch. you said if you watch a heart and I'd probably go with that one um because I think it's just I don't think it's boring <laughs> you know I think there's always something to it there's merit to it consistently and constantly mm. and he gets engaged yes the doctor gets engaged for the first time of many um yeah. um but yeah, so then I went underappreciated. I went, I went for uh, Edge of Destruction. I watched this with Owen uh, during lockdown because Owen was like, right, you need to watch William Hartnell because I haven't watched it a lot. And he was like, right, watch this one because he knows I'm not a fan of long, drawn-out classics. Um, because I'm the sort of person that likes to watch a classic in one go, so it's like eight parts. I kind of like go, oh, no. Because I also have a really bad memory, or I just won't come back to it. Like the next day, I'll leave it a few days gapped, and I'll forget everything. I'm like I just kind of reconnect the dots. But but this one's really good, not only because it's two parts, but also because they're so different. I think it's going for a, obviously it's budgetary, which is why they're just in the TARDIS. But it actually kind of works well. You see, you see these these characters that we haven't known for a long time turn against each other, and things are different. And like, it's not a remarkable story. It's just a little solid kind of bottle episode before bottle episodes were a thing, <laughs> really. And I think I think it's just fun. I think it's just fun to watch the character interactions. Susan's got a knife. That's pretty funny. Or is it scissors? It's something like that, isn't it? Mm. Um, that's funny. It's yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I think it's just fun. I think yeah, as a two-parter, it works so well because you had previously you had the seven part of the Daleks, which is quite epic and it's quite um, it's it's very it's, it, well. Obviously, there's a lot of story to cover. So having a and it killed to the budget. That, it killed the budget. Yeah, I think they use their limit. I think the great thing about classic who is that they use their limitations in terms of budget and stuff to their advantage, and there's some like incredibly imaginative and innovative stuff, which I'm sure we'll probably cover in the upcoming Doctors. Yeah. You know, I, I'd agree with you on that. I think, like you said, it. Yeah, I think. I think it's just. I think it's solid. I don't. I don't, I don't think it's remarkable. So, mm. Sort of. Sort of like what you said. You do underappreciate the story. It's not remarkable, like you said with the chains. It's just it's solid. It's fun. It, it's just entertaining, which is what Doctor yes. should be. You know, like, but the overappreciated one, an nasty child. It's bollocks. 
as from an start over, to finish. As an over, no, no, no. Part one's all right, but then after <laughs> that, it's bollocks. Like it's one of the worst bits of TV I've ever watched, and I mean that legitimately. Like it's in my bottom ten stories because it, it makes no sense. So, so it's like the first part is really good. Like no, no doubt, it's very good at setting up the story, but the turn it takes. You would have thought you would have drunk many drinks and you thought you would have watched a different story. Mm. Like, I get, obviously, they filmed the first part as a pilot type thing and they changed a few things when it went to air, mm. but they, they just don't link. Like, they kind of went, right, we need to give them a first adventure. Caveman make fire. It's like, what the fuck? And literally, like, three parts of Doctor that a story, an hour of your story, is about the caveman making fire. Like, oh, mm. Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's just, it shouldn't have been four parts. If it was two, fine. But not not another three parts just about cavemen making fire. It's just bollocks. The first part's really good, but it's sort of like if you were to watch a film and you went, well, the first half an hour was great, but then it just went shithouse. You, you can't, like, in its own bubble, if you have us to watch the first part, it's remarkable. But apart from that, as a whole package, which is what we're doing here, um, yeah, it's shit. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it's awful. I think in that case, I probably should have put the Cave of Skulls, the Forest of Fire, or something, and or the Firemaker, or the Forest of or the Forest of Fear, the Firemaker. Like, because in the early Hartnell ones, each individual episode, like in terms of parts, had names until I think I think it was season three or season four, sort of around that point where. It was just episode one, episode two of like said story, but and an earthly child part of an earthly child is yeah. That's why it's hard because it's just a quarter of your yeah. story is a very solid build up to the whole show. It is it is um, you know it's a shame that the the, the latter three quarters uh, they are what they are, but um, they are, they, they're it's, awful. it's hard to it's sort of hard to press. It's hard, but I feel like it's also hard to sort of press that against the first part. It's no, just no, so difficult. Yeah, 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 but it's sort of like you see how what they can do within season one and you go, well, it's not like they didn't have writing capabilities because season one is rather good, actually, in, a, in its own thing. I mean, apart from those three parts, you haven't obviously seen Marco Polo. Um, and also, I kind of like Raid of Terror, which a lot of people don't, but I don't mm. mind Raid of Terror. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't think Charter's shit. Like, it's bad. Like, I know, I know some people are going to disagree with me, but I'm never watching an earthly child. I'll watch part one and turn off. Like I, that, I mean that legitimately. Yeah. Well, the, the goal of course originally for Doctor Who, teach kids about history. So it makes sense that they'd but, want to go right down to a hundred thousand BC. But they, but they did that better in literally like six like five stories time. Yeah, they did it so much better. So like if if I went, well, if literally, I think if the as I think the Aztecs actually really doesn't help. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Because, because you see an Aztec, the Aztecs, which is also during that time where Sidonian wanted to be educational, and you go, right, yeah. But they did that well, and then you get this bollocks. Like, it's like, no, it's just bad. Sorry. People are probably going to disagree with me, but I don't think shit. Like, I think, I think I'd genuinely rather watch if I would get onto it. I think an earthly child might be, oh, maybe my least favourite story on this list. Interesting. It's going to be interesting. The second Doctor I struggled with, so I'm actually going to go first. I think we'll we'll, we'll flip it every time. So. Okay. So I went for uh, my favourite is the the Mind Robber. 
Excellent. So I went with my underappreciated is going to be the moon base, and my overappreciated is the seat of death. Oh, okay. I, I, okay. Yeah, I'm scared for this. Um, okay, well, <laughs> just you wait. Okay. Oh, do you want me? To, do you want me to say mine? Yeah, yeah. Well, my favorite is the seat of death. Oh shit. <laughs> That's why I thought you know I might as well just say it now. Uh, underappreciated, I put the faceless ones. Nice. And then overappreciated, ah, oh, I'm gonna probably get sick of this. I put the web of fear. I would. It's. I wouldn't disagree with you heavily. Um, right. So like, you have to. You have to understand. Adam knows I'm not joking to say face it. I love every Troughton story. Troughton is one of my favorite yeah. eras of Who. The seat of death. It's literally my only flaw with it, and I get because I, I love it. I think it's it's definitely. I think it's slightly better than than the Ice Warriors actually, um, but it doesn't need to be six parts. It doesn't. It could be. It could be four, like it could be four. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I swear, I, that's my only issue with it. I suppose we'll talk about Seeds of Death first because we have different comparative. I really enjoy it. I think I do think it's solid. I just think it's slightly boring in parts. But you go ahead, Adam, since you're a... You're a... Should I justify my, uh, yeah, why I yeah. put Seeds of Death? Seeds of Death, right. Um, I love it mainly... Uh, I love it as an Ice Warrior story. I think they're so good in this. They're so menacing. They've got Lord Slar in there, the Ice Lord. That's He's really, like, sinister. I think the whispery... Uh, the whispery noise is quite. Uh, it, it shares. I could imagine it sort of sending sort of shivers up the spine, like back in 1969. Uh, I, I, uh, the the whole space exploration aspect. Um, you know, killing the world with bubble bath is great. Yeah, no, I, I will not. Trout and swimming in bubble bath around part five when he's like, oh. My uh, yeah, it's 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 got some thrills. It's got excitement. It's got the bit where the, the doctor's going, "You can't harm me. I'm a genius." Yes. It's got some great comedic moments. Yeah. It shows like the cast at their the best. I think Fraser Hines, Wendy, Wendy Papri, Papri, just yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, I can't really hate on it. I put it. I put it as so. I think. I think because a lot of people. I think the last season of Trouton's very good, like top notch. Because obviously you have Invasion, which I love. I know a lot of people don't and think it's too long, but I really enjoy it. I think the I think just the the imagery and that story kind of holds it to a high quality. I love obviously the war games, Mind Robber. There's so many good ones in that last stretch that I think the seat of death for me just kind of it's not again, it's not bad because I it's sort of like when you like, you know, but I don't know. It's just I'd give it like to prove that if I was to review, which I haven't watched well, I give it like a 7.5 out of 10. I think it's in I think it's genuinely really solid. It's just I find it slightly dull in parts. But no, I agree with everything you said. Right. What so what does I have lost myself? Uh so uh, my my most my underappreciated. No, sorry. So yeah, no, hang on. I've lost it. So how about so, how about you can start with your favorite? My favorite was the Mind Rubber. Right, Mind Rubber. It's amazing. It's fun. It's it, it's 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 legitimately the one of the strangest Doctor Who concepts possibly at the time since the Celestial Toymaker. Shout out, Kieran. Um, I think I think it's one of those things where you just get a bunch of nonsense which shouldn't work, but it does. I'm so happy they. I think they gave it an extra part, didn't they? Because it was only meant to be four, and they gave this a right. I need to add an extra episode to this. 
I don't because because they, they took all the way from the Crotons, I think, or the Dominators. I can't remember which one. Either way, those are the two now yeah, ones from the last season. Um, but honestly, no, I think it's great. I think it's really good fun. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think every Doctor Who fan has this opinion. I don't think any Doctor Who fan can't look at the Mind Robber and go, yeah, that's not fun. Hmm. Yeah, are you with me on that? No, hundred percent. It's it's creative. It's innovative. When um, they have to, you know, Fraser Hines was ill for one of the episodes, so they got another actor in, Hamish Wilson, to do it for an episode. But they incorporate it into the story, and I think that's that's just like shows creative, creative genius. It's like, all right, so an actor, an actor's ill. What do we do? And they inc- and they, and they do it in like a very organic way, and it fits with the theme of the story, the sort yeah. of fairy tale imaginative flow. That just shows like. Pure yeah. genius. It's as you said, it's fun. You've got Rapunzel there. You've got yeah. all these the Minotaur. Characters. You've got the Master, technically. Yeah, yeah you got the Minotaur as well. The Minotaur, the Minotaur, yeah. You got yeah. you got you got like a superhero thing going on. It's just it's it's bonkers, but I also think it's it's why I love the second doctor and sort of why I love the eleventh doctor is because they're just mad. They're they're crazy. Mm. You don't know what's gonna happen. And it's just I'm gonna I'm gonna use this word a lot when it comes to crazy, but it's fun to watch. You, you never get bored. You, you're kind of like, what the fuck? But not in like a, why am I? What? But it's sort of like, how does this, how weird can this get? How brilliant is it? Uh, you know, I think, I think, I think it's just, I, I, it's bar near perfect, if I'm honest with you. Bar near perfect. Mm. Right. Um, how do, then do, do you know what? Let's just mix it up. You do, you do your, you do your most underappreciated notes. Yeah, so my underappreciated is the faceless ones. So recently story, released, recently released, recently, yeah, recently released. Um, I think for a lot of people, um, yeah, I think I quite enjoy this one. I, I, I don't think it's like a near perfect Troughton one, but I like the airport setting. Is it's sort of I like where Doctor Who has this kind of pedestrianness to it. It's like the shop window mannequins, and you have the airport, which can be in a way. Airports, well, I wouldn't call them scary. They've do got they've got that kind of sort of sinister quality. There's something sinister yeah. about airports. So there's there's something you could like do a doctor story of it. And I think with the setting, they they utilize it well. Uh, the chameleon tours, like this very kind of shady sort of, you know, suddenly taking people into space and you know, duplicates and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I think it, it's grand. Uh, could it be a four part? Yeah, probably. But I think for what it does also Samantha Briggs is fun. Um, yeah. who, obviously, the actress would later come back to play Queen Victoria in Tooth and Claw, which is uh, Pauline Pauline Collins. No, Pauline Collins. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, the Pauline Collins says she's fun. So I think you know, I think for as for that kind of story, it's it's got a great storyline to it and uh, got some nice, great characters. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised it isn't talked about more. You yeah, know, I I would because I've obviously only seen this one once. Because <laughs> it's only just come out, so I, I can't. I don't remember too much about it, but no, I agree with you. It could, it could be four parts. I think, I think that's probably why I didn't put it any. It wasn't in my mind's eye. Is it the weakest of the animations we recently had? And by that, I mean the Fury and and the uh, Macra, probably, maybe. Um, I, I think Macra Terror is my favorite of of the animations we've had so far in terms of story. Um, but no, I don't think it's bad. But again, no, I, I wouldn't say any trap story is bad anyway. Yeah. So um, yeah, no, I think it's fun. I think it's really, I think it's really enjoyable. I think it's great. Right now, we get um, to be. No, I think, yeah, I think I have to justify why I think Weber fears are slightly overrated. Um, yeah, okay. 
because I, 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 yeah, yeah, but I work backwards, so you've got to do your over. You've got to do your. I haven't done my underrated yet. So you oh, have, you your, oh, sorry, you haven't done your underrated. Oh, sorry, yeah. Obviously, we we kind of had the same story, just in opposite places. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So for me, the moon base. Moonbase, I yes, I think it's underrated, just in the sense of people go to the Sudman, It's it's incredible, which it is. I think even they go evasion. It's incredible, and it, which it is. But I think there's something about Chat and Sideman stories that haven't been matched to date. And I think every single one of them has some different merit to them. I think this one's really good as well because it's sort of like the last, obviously it's not the last hour of Jamie, Ben and Polly, but it's sort of like they get to all take on the Cybermen. I think it's really cool. I think it's sort of, in a way, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the 10th planet done right. Um, uh, if you like. Yeah, probably actually. Um, and I, I do think it is the I do think it's the weaker of 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 the Cybermen stories in Trout and Zero, but I don't think it deserves it doesn't get hate, but it sort of just gets a meh. And I don't think it deserves a meh. I think it deserves, yeah, this is still a really solid story. Um and I think I think they tell it very well. It's Troughton's first interaction with the Cybermen. And they've sort they've sort of been updated slightly. They're not quite up there, you know, two of the Cybermen. You belong to us. Thing, mm. but you know we, we'll get there eventually and I, I don't I think it's just really solid I think I think it's just I think it I think it's I don't think anyone thinks it's bad but I think it always kind of gets it's kind of those forgotten ones I think yeah there you go yeah I've yeah moon bases yeah it's a, it's a cracking one I think um very good uh it's yeah obviously um Jamie Polly and Ben that TARDIS crew um I, I've not seen it in a while I probably should but the Phantom Piper when Jamie says Phantom Piper, the the, the and the, and the tea as well, like the sugar and the tea, it's the that's tea. kind of an interesting concept. Sort of this kind of there's suddenly this virus starts, uh, you know, taking place. Oh God, very current. Um, so yeah, no, I I think yeah, I, I'd say it's underappreciated. I think a lot of that season because that's like very early Troughton. Because I think what's um, when Victoria when it's Victoria and Zoe that TARDIS team, you know, their stories, you know, they they like the stories that you have in those eras, uh, those later seasons rather, are the ones that kind of celebrate. But I think it's, you know, the stories where you have Jamie, Ben and Polly in there, where there's some like gems, there's some secret hidden gems, definitely. Yeah, so now, mate, Web of Fear, what you said. Oh, man. I think Douglas Campfield, I think, I believe it is, is he directed, he directs the shit out of this one, man. Like, uh, like the under, underground, it's very great, it's atmospheric, it's gloomy, perfect setting, the Yetis are great. Um, I think the mystery, while good, um, yeah. I think maybe, I think there's some a little bit of repetitiveness just a, just a bit, not not as much probably, uh, but um, I think something where you could tighten the mystery and make it potentially like a four, even five parter, which, you know, sort of, if we're talking late Trout and early Pertwee, we're fairly co- commonplace with like Mime Robber, Damon's, I think the Dominators, yeah, the Dominators is also five parter. So whether you could cut down an episode or a bit, maybe, you know, and then really tied up and you'd have something like cracking really, but um it's yeah it's great it was hard for Troughton really because uh I was thinking enemy of the world no I really like that I was thinking yeah. invasion no I really like that war games even I really like that yeah so. war games yeah so Troughton's difficult um that's mm. why he's the best classic doctor but uh I'd, but we won't get into that um but yeah so now we got to John Pertwee and this is where this is where I piss some people off for sure 
you got to go first. I go, okay, yeah. So for my favourite, I put the Damons. And then it's not because there's a hashtag. Attack of... the Bok. <laughs> Attack the Bok. March 6th, 3 p.m. No, it, um, I'll just, I'll definitely justify it, but no, Attack it is genuinely. It's great. Underappreciated, I put Carnival of Monsters. Overappreciated, oh, well, this might surprise people, the three doctors. Okay, right. So here we go. So my favorite is Inferno. Mm hmm. Under Excellent. underappreciated. This one's gonna be weird, but I also put Carnival Monsters, uh, and then overappreciated. I said this is where this is what I thought were like Doctor Who and the Solarians. All right, do you know? Um, I no, fair enough. So yeah, so uh, should we leave Attack the Box to last? Should we actually work this backwards and? Give you a little piece at the end of the segment. Um, so let's oh, okay. let, let, so let's so let's so let's let's do overrated first. Uh, okay. All right. All right. So, oh, so you said three doctors. I'm not going to go there, and um, because I actually think it's better than the five doctors, which is not what. Um, but the but I think as an overall story, I think it's slightly better. Um, however, I can understand why people wouldn't think so. It's sort of weird. In a sense, there's jelly monsters. It's in a quarry most of the time. It's not very grand. Omega is a man in a paper mache head. <laughs> like, it's very weird. Benton's in it for a lot, for some reason, even though he's mm. essentially in the Jamie position because they originally wrote Jamie into the script and then Fraser couldn't do it because of mm. fucking Emmerdale, um, which would be a curse on him returning in Doctor Who for a long time. Um, but, yeah, just... it's Yeah, it's it, I, 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 would I say it's better than the five doctors? No, actually, thinking about it, I don't know why I said that, but yeah, I don't, I, it's, it's, it's tough because uh, it, it, you kind of can't hate it, it's fun, but hmm. maybe, maybe that's the equivalent of the three doctors, maybe that's the equivalent of the third doctor's error. I think I'm sort of why I put it as overrated. I think in terms of Pertwee stories, you've got some great stuff. Obviously, when he's when he's unit based, when he's with the master, there's some cracking stories in there. And this one has it's fun. It's like a good, decent story. But I wouldn't. I think it does. It does kind of come. It, it does come up with sort of a top five, roughly, of Pertwee's era. And I I think it's not. I think it's got some good elements, like antimatter thing. But yeah, it's. I don't think it's groundbreaking. Well, it's groundbreaking in terms of multi dog story, but. Aside from that, like I think, um... oh dear, Adam has just gone. I think his laptop died, so <laughs> recording. Um... Hello. They need to speak to the people via the the where by microphone. Oh, oh, I could do that, right? Yeah. Sorry, carry on. Three doctors. 
No, you don't need to continue with the three doctors. Just chat. It's fine. This is sta- right. this is staying in. This is this is this is too funny. This is like the first time I've had a podcast. But it's also funny because we, we uh, the people were just seeing you reach for your laptop. It's, it's like just... Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just uh, yeah. It's, is is your is your battery a bit on the brink? It was strange because I knew it was sort of right. I'm, I'm, I was about to like plug it in, and then suddenly it, it, them sort of decided to just shut down. It shuts down early sometimes. Does that happen with yours? Uh, no, but mine's incredibly new, so... Ah, and I... yours is a Mac, so it's... Yeah, it yeah, mine's a Mac, so... But when I'm when I'm on a PC, it would do that, yeah. Yeah. And, the, yeah, and then it would, like, when I'd load it up, it'd be like, oh, I'm on 7%. percent i would be like, and then why the hell did you close down then, you know? Um, but, mm. but, yeah, just... <laughs> I was... I know, I said, what are you doing? You got seven cents. Yeah, you can use it. Yeah. What's the point in conserving energy? What's the status of the laptop? Okay, I'm back. Um, in terms of, right, so I'm just going to click on the link again. Oh, it's amazing. We'll see you in a few seconds. We'll see you in a few seconds. This, this, this part of the podcast probably won't be as long as you think it'd be. In no. terms of, like... My hiatus. It's like three minutes, maybe, maybe more. There we go. Right, he's on his way back. Let's see. I'm on my way back. I'm going your own way. Sorry. Um. I'm not necessary. Just started singing there as well. It's almost like this isn't a podcast anymore. Um, where is he? So he just needs to click on the link. He's not here. He's trolling me, guys. This, this is the podcast now. Welcome to the Thomas Podcast with me, your host, Alex Kingdom. Barry Letts, he's back. Yeah, here he is. Here we go. Here's his back. Laptop plugged in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Laptop's plugged in. Yeah. Why are you? Why are you? Holding? Well, basically, this is. I've ordered a new earphone because it, it's it's suddenly dis, it's kind of decided to dismantle itself. When I, when I like, when when did that happen? Over the weekend, but I've oh. ordered like skull candy. So that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't it's coming, know. It's coming, it's coming tomorrow, so it'll be in time for like uni and stuff. Amazon. 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 That's it. That yeah, it was Amazon. Yeah, yeah. I did. Cool. Um, I should say about three doctors. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think it's fun. It's solid. It's got. Some, it's definitely a good story. But no way would I consider it a, a pinnacle of Pertwee's era. I think there are Pertwee stories that are stronger, and I think there are Pertwee stories that you know maybe have that maybe a bit more depth. But it it's fun. But no way would I you know if I put it in the top five, I don't think it really reached there. Fair enough. Fair play. Makes sense. I'm with you. Right. I've lost myself now <laughs> after all that fun. Um, right. So I, I'll do my uh, most underrated. Right. Doctor and the Silurians. It's boring. I'm sorry. It's boring. Yeah. They came back. Big whoop. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'd rather watch Voice of the Deep than this. And the only reason I'd say that is because it's three parts shorter. And that is a flipping relief. Um, um, no, sorry, it's dull. It's boring. I hate it. I'd rather watch Ambassador's Death, and that's also boring. I hate that as well. Oh, it's 
crap. I don't. I don't like season seven. Apart from Inferno, and, and and Spearhead's great. You, do, Start, you like Spearhead. It you starts like Spearhead. and ends. It starts and ends brilliantly, but it's boring. 14, 14, 14 episodes of crap. Crap. <laughs> Awful. I'm sorry. I'm like <laughs> it's fast. Like <laughs> tell me something good about it. No, you can't. Well. I think it'd be funny if we had our poey connoisseur John Cook on here because yeah. uh, he's quite a fan of his era. So yeah, I, I think he'd disagree, but no, no, yeah. def- no definitely. I, I, I'll tell him just to listen to this part of the show for sure. But no, Silurians, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Don't care. They came back. They were shitting that as well. And then they came back in the new series. Oh, wait, that story is bad too. Great. There's nothing good about the Silurians. They're awful. Um, I'm chewing it. Give, tell me a good Silurian story. Oh, wait, you can't. Can you? The Sea uh, Devils smacks highlights them. of highlights of Doctor and the Silurians. Sm- no, but the Sea Devils smacks it. Like, well, well, well see, the Sea Devils, great, yeah, yeah. Like it can sit like Sea Devils is brilliant. The Silurians are not in one good Doctor Who story. Like, I'm not even joking. They're not the best thing that the best thing that they're in is a book written by Gary Russell. And that is that isn't me hating on Gary Russell. Gary Russell's a great writer, but if considering that they're such an iconic villain and the best thing they've been in is a book, <laughs> just saying, yeah, there's not a good doc- there's not a good there's not a good Doctor Who television story that the Silurians are in. That's my unpopular opinion for today. Doctor and the Silurians is like a two out of ten. I don't want to watch it ever again. No, mm. thank you. I can do a lot better with two hours of my time. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Sorry, not sorry. It's bad. I think. I think in that case, should we just both because we both put Carnival of Monsters, didn't we? Yeah, we did. It's great. I love it. Like it's so weird, but it's so good. Not only for drashing, but also just because it's the thing about Pertwee's era, which is the common kind of uh, criticism, is that it's long. Every story is like six, seven parts. This is this is a story that just works from start to finish. It's entertaining. You can't even hear what I'm saying now, so I could just say what I want. Now I can. Uh, I could have said it, but no, it's 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 yeah, no, it's just fun, isn't it? I think I think that's like yeah. the main thing. It's just really fancy. It's fun. Drashing is a big meme, but we all love drashing. And if you don't love drashing, you're wrong. And I don't normally say that about opinions, but if you don't love a thing like drashing, then you have no heart. To be honest with you. Um, yeah, no, just... uh, yeah, I think yeah, but I believe this is a yeah, this is a Robert Holmes one. So yeah, again, like Bob he Holmes, writes it, yeah. the the miniscope, these kind of two intergalactic showmen going around with their miniscope, saying we've got a bunch of monsters, including the one time the Cybermen appear in, in the, the John Pertwee era yeah. uh, and stuff like that. Drashigs again, fantastic, a great hand puppet, and as, as you said, a fantastic meme. Um, it's 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 my first Pertwee, which is strange because you would think is it. I think for a lot of people, a quintessential poetry, what does it have? Usually it's an Earth invasion. Usually it features unit. Usually it features Roger Delgado's master. But uh, this one's not so much. And I suppose that's, you know, mm. same with Three Doctors as well. And um, obviously season 10, maybe sort of, because at the end of the Three Doctors, he got his dematerialization circuit again. I'm trying, so, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think what my first poetry is. Uh, Adam, can you do a quick Google in the background? What was was there any Pertwee stories in the Revisitations box sets? Because those ones are gone. Car- Carnival of Monsters, I think. Then, was it, then, it, then it would have been that. Yeah, then same. So uh, we have the first with the same first third Doctor story. But no, yeah, I think as well. It's kind of 
the worst thing about a doctor companion uh, relationship is when they're like the middle of their run, which Joe, this is like mm. coincidental Pertwee and Joe's story as well. They're just having an adventure. There's not a real big scope to it. They're just kind of enjoying themselves. It's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, which I, think, I think it's kind of the big thing with these underappreciated ones. So maybe, yeah, maybe they're not the best stories, but they're entertaining. And I think people forget that. Um, so yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with you, mate, on almost every level. I think it's just really fun, really, really quirky. So, so very different to your regular, like you said, very different to your regular Pertwee story, which I'm not saying is a good thing, uh, because I think Pertwee has actually got a very good era. The story's just too bloody long. Um, but you no, know, yeah, I think this is really fun, really different, and it works well. Um, right, and then, right, so our favourites. I'll go first, because you've got a bit of promotion to do. Yes. Um, so, so Inferno. I said that Solarians and Ambassadors are boring because of seven parts. This is the opposite. It's seven parts are brilliant. Um, somehow it works. I don't understand how, um, but they made it work. I don't know who wrote it, but whoever did, amazing. Um, legitimately, this is this is like a modern story, but they did it in the 70s. I don't understand how they managed it. This is something you'd see in Monhu. The Doctor goes into an alternate universe and a different timeline. How they it's incredible. That it's so well realized. Like it's so serious. It's not hokey. It's not jokey. It works. Um, the brigade leader is one of the most awful people you could ever meet in your life. And con- considering you think of the brigadier, who is one of other who's a very like you know he's got a hard show. He's a very sweet man and very man who wants to do well. And you have the brigade leader who's like the opposite, and it's like Pertwee trying to tell, trying to convince all these people that what they're going to do, but this, this, this thing they're doing is going to end the world. But, you know, it's perfect. There's so much stake. There's, there's, oh, it's just so good. It's, it's, you can't really top it for me in the Pertwee era. Um, I think to turn these characters that we bet across the first season of his era against him and just flip the book perfectly is really fun. It's never dull, which is something you never say about a seven-part story, but it's never dull. It's truly entertaining. There's always a twist as a turn. It's just, it's, it's, it's chef's kiss. It, it's like a 10 out of 10 for me, mate. It's one of the best Doctor Who stories ever written, I think. Um, and I, I think Pertwee, there's some sort of, you can tell Pertwee's like, this is ridiculous, but he's, he's totally in this one doing his best performance. I think one of his best performances ever. He's fully behind the story and I think it works perfectly. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard to say, I think it's hard to say whether I you know Spearhead or Inferno is the strongest, but they're both they both come out on top to be honest in terms of the strongest in that season. Um, you got uh, the first appearance, Doctor Who Hooniverse appearance rather, uh, of ben- Christopher Benjamin who plays uh, Sir Keith. Uh, that's cool. Before he's of course famously played Jago in the Talents of Wang Chiang, uh, and then yep. again he pop up Unicorn and the Wasp. Uh, yeah, um, the June Dance surface the Earth. And there's a great intensity. Per we've got that intensity. He's like, "What are you doing? Stop!" And um, he's, uh, you know, the fact he's thrown to some kind of universe. The fact that Nicholas Courtney, you know, used to playing sort of the brigadier, who yes, as you said, had that hardened exterior, but you know, it, it is also a man who would, you know, is loyal to the Doctor and very much, you know, you know, is fully behind the Doctor all the way, like a loyal sort of mate. Uh, and then obviously to have that kind of 180 really in the story and he, he does it so brilliantly and effortlessly and the fact obviously he's played it to, you know you do have scenes where you have the brigadier and then you do have you know you do have the brigade leader and the fact that I think you know it's props Nicholas Scotty for doing that and every, I think yeah the story's on fire um, so I agree right here we go the Damon's time 
Right, cool. Right, just say okay. what say what you want to say first, and then do your plug. Afterwards. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, was, I was gonna do that. But Damon's mixes the science and the supernatural. I really like that. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got a, a gargoyle that comes to life in the form of Bok. You've got the last living Damon, this horned beast that the master calls upon, and together they are possibly go to you know take yeah. over and it's going to be marvelous and then um you've got damaris Heyman as uh, miss hawthorne this uh this uh witch. the hawthorne wipes um no. the hawthorne wipes yes yeah, so, <laughs> yes that's that's who piss hawthorne is related to uh piss hawthorne is a witch confirmed uh so yeah yeah, yeah no, it's, great. it's great it's got the quintessential poetry you've got uh, you've got great uh, discussions about science and magic and, you know, long lost, long lost beings. And, but you've got some great actions and great chase moments, some great lines. You've got reverse the polarity in there. You've got Osgood before Osgood became more of a regular occurrence. Um, not the same Osgood, but the, the name, I suppose, rather. Um, yeah. we, we associate Osgood with a different person, um, not Ingrid Oliver, but we love we, we love both of us same um yeah it's generally it's a five-parter which is a rare instance in terms of the pervy era yeah. but i think that i think it's great because it's like it, it doesn't feel like the four-parters rushed you know it's rushed through i think the five-parter actually might it, it's almost going to bang on for this story because there's there's a lot more detail and kind of richness in terms of the themes and everything that's going on that i think maybe doing a four-parter you you there's some stuff that you could argue that there's stuff you brush over but a five-parter things breathe things feel great the team is at their best really i think the unit team and delgado's master's got menaced and because he's mr magister as well he's yeah he's you know keeping on that front where you have that very calm collected nature and that's what i love about delgado he can have this calm demeanor meaning that he, he you feel like he's in control instead of more of this kind of joker performance you sort of get in later masters um you know that so i and that kind of evilness as well yeah it's terrific no yeah, i'd agree i think it's what's probably some of the best location work definitely before it's a, pilgrim, the, it's a pilgrimage it's like doctor yeah. fans will converge like to that location it's one of the yeah, most I think, renowned I, in doctor's history yeah i think it's i think it's stunning i i think I think this. I think my only criticism with it is at this point, especially within season, uh, within season eight. This is like, hey. the, yeah, this like they, this is like the time where Delgado popping up as a surprise sort of is like, what, what? It's like who knew? Um, but but no, that's like a minor nitpick within the context of the story they were telling. But apart from that, no, I think it is superb. Um, yeah, I think it definitely. I think. It's one of the only times where Pertwee's era does sort of do with the supernatural elements, which is mm. kind, of, kind of cool because he's more very kick-ass science-based more than look at this supernatural thing. Uh, but then this one's really good. I think Joe's great. Um, I th- yeah, like I said, I think it's possibly some of the best location work in Classic Who. Um, you know, yeah. it, there's just so much to like. I think, as you said, five parts. It's It doesn't overstay its welcome. I think if it was six, it won't be as loved as it was. But mm. no, I, I think five, I think, it's, I think it is top-notched you got five rounds rapid you also got uh pertwee having a remote for bessie which i think that it, it it's sort of a joke that he sort of he sort of does it at the beginning and then it sort of comes back he sort of you know comes back every now and again um and pertwee pretending to be the great uh kwee god like a like a god is like all right that lamp is much shatter and you know that cockerel spin on the chat yeah uh, there's some yeah yeah it's, it's, it's definitely some good stuff right? ends this... in a dance which like yeah. all good doctor stories ends in a dance Every, everything is going to end in a dance sequence, such as Scooby Doo Two and other things. Yes. Um, but yeah, right now this one, this one I'm scared about because you're a big Tom Baker stan, so I'm, I'm worried for this. Oh, so oh, okay. Before we go to Tom Baker, hashtag oh, yes, attack the yes. box. 
uh, Saturday, 6th of March, 3 p.m. GMT. We're doing a watch along to the infamous Damon story, of course, celebrating the upcoming season eight box set. And generally, it's probably my, as you say, it's my favorite poetry story. So I kind of wanted to do it. I was probably going to do it anyway at some point, but the fact that season eight's coming out, the fact we get to celebrate this, because obviously we can't beat the BFI and every season should be celebrated because we've had um, the last box that came out was 14 and there was a BFI for that before everything went kaput. So yeah, we're going to do things virtually now. It's weird to think, it's, yes, it's, 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 it's amazing and sad at the same time. And I mean, sad as in not as in like, oh, how sad you're doing a virtual watch. I mean, just can't do it in real life it's sad mm. isn't it um yeah. it's weird to think now it's been like almost a year in fact over a year almost since you know that that bfi event and then the box set coming out in april it's weird to think it's been like 10 months so going on 11 mm. months but since the box set you know um but yeah no go go do that you've been gift making go do the watch along mm. twitter attack the block uh also a nice brief on a brilliant film that's also underrated uh, attack the block mm. Uh, so, so yeah, go 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 watch it. It's gonna be good fun. Alan's made a bunch of gifts. You'll love it. Um, yeah, perfection. Right, I'm scared for this. Um, I'm scared for two, six, four Doctor. I'm scared. So, so I'm I'm to go first. I think I'm to go first this time, right? Oh, you, you know, do. You need to go first, right? Yes. Gotcha. So I've got. I, I kind of cheated uh, for this one. My favorite. My favorite Tom. I've got. Oh, is, I couldn't choose. <laughs> So, because look, I think Genesis is the best, but I didn't go with Genesis as my favourite. I went with Robots of Death as my favourite Tom. Uh, most underappreciated, this is going to sound weird, but I went with Android Invasion. And then the most overappreciated, I mixed between the two, so I have chosen two. I've gone with, uh, I've gone with City Death and I've gone with Ark in Space. I couldn't choose between the two. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, should I list? Should I list mine? Yeah. <laughs> Favorite, as it's no surprise to anybody on the planet, is Pyramids of Mars. Yeah. Um, it's ah, oh, I could rave about a story every day of the week. I really could. Yep. Underappreciated, I went Mask of Mandragora. Yeah. And then overappreciated, I went Horror of Fang Rock. Blasphemy. Um. All right. I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> right. So. I actually think Horror Fan Rock is Tom Baker's last good story in his entire era. Um, but we won't get into I know that sounds horrible because he's got three more series, but Christ on a bike. Stones of Blood, actually. That's all right. Um, but, right. Should I go for my underappreciated? I couldn't choose between the two because these are two stories I just don't understand the hype. Ark in Space is loved for God knows why. I, I like It's not bad, but it's so dull and also surprisingly it's a lot better when it's being minimalistic i think i really love the bubble wrap stuff which sounds strange but you know what i mean in context i really like it when like you know it's like there's this green hand and and the characters slowly morphing but it turns into the women and the mm. props massive so they can barely move it it just sort of loses its spark and the voice changes and it's all it's all a bit but it's not a bad story but see a death is something that i just don't like Okay. I, I, do you know what? And I'm going to say this now. I think it's style over substance. Okay. I think I think I think it's fine, but I think at this point, obviously it's Douglas Adams, who's one of the best yes. sci-fi writers of all time, you cannot deny that. I just I don't know what it is about it. Do you know one of those things when you hear something's really good 
until you have it in your mind's eye of, okay, it's got to be incredible. And you watch it and you go, because of the hype. And I had it in my mind as it being like this golden thing. Like it just didn't. Right. I think that's what it was. Because everyone, oh, they went to Paris, they had John Cleese in it, which they do. And, you know, the Melissa, it's all that art, you know, it's the fake. It's, it's just, I don't know. It's not bad because we're not, we're not, we're not saying these stories. Like, unlike, um, you know, not, I don't think either of the stories are just as bad because we're not choosing bad stories, which is the ones that are most overappreciated. Like, it's very solid. But when people go, this is like one of the best classics of all time, I just don't, I don't, I don't know what it is, man. I, I, I don't have it there. I think, I think it's solid. But I think maybe it was the hype. Right. Do you know what I mean by that? Have you ever had that when someone says, oh, this is really good, and then you watch it and you go, because you had it in such high esteem, you watched it and you, you got to go, I kind of maybe... Um, maybe have a I'm trying to think of a Doctor Who instance, really. Or just um, any instance in life, or yeah. like film or... Um, Gladiator, I think, probably. Yeah. It's probably an instance for me, but other than that, I, yeah, I can't. Re- I, there's not like many that like come right to the top of my head, but yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry, Adam. <laughs> sorry, Adam's like a massive Tom Baker stan, so I'm sorry to to be pooped. But yeah, I really uh, like both. I know you would. Uh, I know you would. <laughs> um, yeah, so, sorry. <laughs> That's what opinions are beautiful for. Um, they are. Um, but yeah, so. You're almost underappreciated. It's kind of weird that you're almost underappreciated. I disagree with. <laughs> uh, well, Mask of Mandragora, right? No, no, um, no, overappreciated. Sorry. Oh, overappreciated. Oh, sorry. So, sorry. Horror fan rock. Horror yeah. fan rock. Okay. I really like this one. Like, it's in my top five it's, toms. It's I, good. It's in my top it's, five toms. It's very good. It Terence Sticks wrote the script. It's witty. It's fun. Um, I like obviously it's set in the lighthouse. It's quite. Um, it's you've got that one setting makes things a bit more claustrophobic um there are some i think i think what probably lets us down is the side cast in the story um there's that uh, there's a lot of complaining there's a lot of whining there's a lot of um there's a lot of I, yeah it's it's hard really to sort of because when, when you think about robert to death which is your favorite you've got this incredible supporting cast you've got um people who are very proactive and people who are very yeah you, you, and even to some too sure. You, you, you got you can't you got the kind of dickheads in that story, but you also have the more sort of proactive ones in yeah, that as well. Yeah, exactly. But I think Horrifying Rock, they're mostly dickheads to be honest. I was like, well, you know, you can they kind of had a, they kind of had their fate coming really. Um, yeah. and the Rutan, I think in design, I get it. They want to go for a blob. I suppose in execution, it wasn't handled the best, but it so it does have its, its it it does have its kind of. A few yeah. inconveniences, I would say, but I still think it's a, in terms of the story, it's good, but there are some sort of executions and sort of the production, like the casting, everything, uh, that might almost kind of slightly let it down. So, so this is sort of what I think of Ark in Space, in the sense of like, right. you, so like, I think it's a solid story, but like some production size let it down, some actors like, so this, we kind of think, have the same complaints, just our different stories. Because mm. I, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, yeah, no, I really like, I really like horror fan rock. I think it's gothic. I think it's kind of eerie. I think, which I think, kind of Tom Baker's doing loses that that kind of style that it has after the story because it's a holdover from mm-hmm. it's a holdover from the Hinchcliffe era. Yeah, and then, and then we go into Invisible Enemy, and it's just, um, yeah, it's a bit, yeah, yeah, it's it's the start of a rocky road with only a few hills, um. But yeah, no, I don't really like this. I understand why you got a point. 
I don't know. It's just enjoyable for me. Um, I watched this on it... the I watched this on the horror channel. Um, mm. I think it's one of the remember when they did that like maybe a few years back. When there was a the horror channel. They just showed Pasta Coop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. This one of those I watched on there. Um, I really enjoyed. But it. I was thinking a lot of t- uh, well-regarded Tom Baker stories, and there I think. Horror Fan Rock was probably the closest that to what I think would probably be an overrated one for me because like I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say Talons is and I wouldn't say Genesis is and you know no, I wouldn't no. like or say I no say, obviously you disagree but I wouldn't even say City of Death is um and or an Arc of Space so yep. yeah yeah horror was kind of closer to me I think yeah yeah unfortunately I just have I just I'm just evil um but yeah so oh right, I do appreciate it. this one you might disagree with I went with Android Invasion because I just think it's fun. Which is a I very, know, I agree. Which is a very similar theme to all these I don't appreciate ones. Just they might not be the most grand stories in the on the world, but they're great. They're just little nice little pieces of who you could stick on on a Sunday afternoon and yeah. just enjoy. And I think it's awesome. I think people don't like this one as much because obviously it's missing the Brigadier and it's a unit story. And obviously we don't get much of the Brigadier in Tom Baker's era anymore. Mm. So that opportunity to kind of have that ability. But he's just not in it. Uh, I think Nick Courtney was busy. Uh, I, I think Kieran told me a story at the time of like Nick being in Doctor Who, kind of started to typecast him, and he was sort of wondering, well, am I in Doctor Who? Am I not in Doctor Who? You know, like what's going on? Because uh, he, he kind of just dropped him. Because obviously, when we went to like the sci-fi, he was he was he was kind of a bit angry that he kind of went, oh, why am I? I had to keep coming in once every now and then because people think I'm linked with Doctor Who, even though I'm not. So that's why I didn't come back. Uh, obviously, we get Harry, which which is nice. I like Harry. Uh, I wish he might have did more seasons. Um, but yeah. Um, you know, I think it's just fun. I think it's pretty, really cool. I think it's quirky. I like the whole Android stuff. We always did that iconic image of Sarah Jane's face falling off. Um, you know, so it's got some really cool imagery in there. I think it's just really fun. I agree. Yeah, no, it's quirky. It's one of Terry Nation's few non Dalek stories as well. I think that and Keys and Marinus. Uh, I think I think they are the only couple that you know aren't dark stories that are written by him, which was really cool. I like the setting; it's very. Um, it, I think it works with particularly the story with like this kind of um, sort of people-less, people-less, if that ever makes sense, or people-less kind of yeah. environment, and then people are like. Wait, also, where, yeah, where is everybody? It's also very similar to sort of Invasion of Dinosaurs, where like it's quite eerie in part one. You know mm. what's going on? No, it's yeah. Invasion of Dinosaurs very recently. Um, yeah, but, it's got but, it's got it's got an innocence to it as well. It's yeah. a bit like this kind of innocent city. It's very quite quiet, and you're like, yeah, Jesus, yeah. this this is too, this is like too innocent. This is like, yeah. hang on, yeah, what the yeah. hell's going on? Um, July sixth is National Ginger Beer Day because when top <sighs> when the doctor pulls the calendar, the day is like the day to day one. He pulls it, and it's the same day. You're like, oh my god, and then uh, ginger beer, love I hate, it. I hate ginger beer. I hate it. I think that's what I love about that story because even when the doctor opposite Sarah, she's like, Oh, I can't stand the stuff. So I think it's sort of like a very sort of polarizing like drink. It's like, Yeah, I'm gonna like it. Do you or, like it? Do you like it? I like alcoholic ginger beer. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. But do you like regular just ginger beer? I think I'm more the alcoholic ginger beer than just the sort of yeah, more it's like, kind. It's like it's like people that go, Oh, like I like alcoholic, I like non-alcoholic beer. It's like, what's the point? <laughs> so just drink soda or whatever um but yeah no because if i remember right because it is a unit story uh john levine's in this one isn't he but it's just not the brigadier yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah benton's in it and no yates either um well yeah yates got dropped because <laughs> he turned mad and evil and then came good at the end 
Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so you, there you go. It's it's just fun. I can't. It's not going to blow you. What you're not going to blow your mind, but it's good fun. Would you Absolutely. say Mask of Mandragora? Is this better yeah. not be because of a sandwich? No. Um, it's okay. I think we've seen 14 is a hard one because it's full of very popular stories. Deadly Assassin, Robert to Death, Tarnas of Wing Chiang. And I think even Face of Evil is like, I actually, even now I'm thinking about it, maybe I should have gone Face of Evil. But I, you know, I went with Mass because it's, I think it's a lot where it's a, not many people really like this one. I think probably they might find it the weakest in the season and there are some. It, it's strange. I think some people don't like the act. I think I, I quite like the, the cast in it. I quite like, you know, Giuliano. I quite like the, the, the uncle is so like evil. He's, he's really brilliantly performed. The, the actor who played the, um, Giuliano, the uncle was great. I, I really like setting the fact that uh, Port Merriam, Wales was used for Italy, works really well. Got some, it's, it's a bit of fun. I think you can have a bit of fun with the setting and um, the whole cult thing. Uh, I, 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 I quite enjoy it. I think it's a solid season opener. Nothing like amazing, no. And you know, yeah, it's not this really. It's not necessarily the strongest in that season. But I don't necessarily think it's that weak either. I, I think I think like you said, the issue is it's surrounded by like massive hitters. Like, mm. Just gonna get swept under the rug. The best I can sort of equate it to, I suppose, for me. I mean, I don't. I'm not going to spoil anything because I didn't choose this. But sort of like a gridlock in series three of Mon Who. It's a yeah. very, very solid story, but then I get sort of the rug because it's in the same series as Human Nature, Blink, the three-part at the end, you know? Mm. It, it gets swept under the rug in that sense. Um, yeah. I think that's why. No, I, I'd agree. Because uh, Buscan Dragler is, the, is what I watched uh, again on the Horror Channel. Um, uh, yes, it's not it's not blow your socks off, but it, it, it's solid who. You'll watch it, you'll go, do you know what? I didn't waste my time. I enjoyed it. I had fun. I smiled. And, yeah. Mm. Right, this is this is the difficult one because uh, this this is like this is what do we just go? Both these stories are very good, almost perfection, and move on. Um, because we could do. yeah, you can't like Pyramids of Mars. Me and Adam have talked about, and I've already talked about robots to death. Um, all I'll say is is that these stories are damn near perfect, both of them. Um, yeah, I think I think like you said, it's got both stories. I think are very similar in the aspects of their great side cast. They're they're scary at parts they're funny at others it's got a real heart to it um yeah i don't know like what do you want to add to that um yeah so for pyramids for me what's my favorite it's doctor who distilled for me it's got um top the doctor is absolutely on point the whole um you know you definitely get the sense of how alien he is, uh, not only in the beginning scene with sarah and the tardis but then you know when people are dying um he's sort of not as mournful as Sarah. And I think that I, I find that quite a powerful dynamic. And Sarah is so proactive with the rifle, everything like that. So that that team, like that duo, I think this, they, it cements them too as my favorite Doctor companion dynamic because they work so well in the story and they both serve the part excellently. The villains are great. Sutek, fantastic villain with a great voice. Even Bernard Archard, you know, playing Marcus Scarman is sinister as well. Egyptian mummy. So you've got that kind of gothic elements mixed with a bit of sci-fi in there as well. Uh, I think, I, I just genuinely think, it's, and it's brilliantly told, superbly paced, um, great story, love it. Robots of Death, you've got a mix there. You've got like this Agatha Christie murder, Agatha Christie murder mystery style story set on the, like a minor, sad minor, and it's cool. Um, yes, I'll say that, the, the, you know, the, the costumes in that story, they're a bit over the top because you look at the costumes and you're kind of like, is that, 
how practical are they? But um, you know, fun. Uh, it's it's cool. It's got this kind of sort of classiness to it. I don't I don't know what I mean by that, but like it's got this kind of very um, yeah, just this kind of sinister kind of um, very takes its time, but also just really packs a punch at the same time. Uh, please do not throw hands at me. The robots, are, yeah, the robots are just generally iconic. So it's basically what's great about the story. You've got a great villain. You've got a great setting. You've got you know a superbly paced story. I think that's I think that's what makes both of them great. It you know it make you know the story's fantastic. The cast are generally on point and the production's generally also great as well. It's got everything. It ticks all the boxes. Yeah. No. I I would. I would I would agree with you. Yeah. Just, just yeah. When Tom Baker when Tom Baker's era is good, it, it it's like there's a reason he's the most iconic um doctor. Um I think I think those Hinchcliffe seasons prove why. I, I, I can gush literally about the scene where the doctor takes Sarah to an alternative 1980 because it's sort of one of the first times where yeah, suddenly yeah. they're looking into alternative time. It's like this is what's gonna happen. Almost, like we've got to do this. Almost similar to the Aztecs again. Yeah. Except the Pyramids of Moses takes that a step further, obviously, with visualizing mm. what events would be like. But yeah, it's yeah. For I think the issue for me, obviously, I know this is kind of weird, but I think Tom Baker's after Hinchcliffe goes, Tom Baker's seasons just become yeah. In some stories, you can. It's very much a pick and choose thing. I think consistently he's great, and uh, I, I, I always think he's fantastic. Very similar to Colin mm. Baker. In his era, I think Colin Baker's always giving a great performance, but yeah, stories slowed down. And I think like the doc, the fourth Doctor you see in season twelve is so different to the fourth Doctor you see in season eighteen. There's there's almost this kind of like maturity like in the season eighteen Doctor. I don't know, I don't know what it is about it, but there's very much um, he's sort of a worn kind of he's an Edwardian traveler. He's you know he's seen stuff. He's been through a lot. Um, losses and you know battles and everything like that usually strides with this kind of confidence but also there's like that foreboding element in season 18 as well which I think just like yeah I think it's cool understandable right Peter Davison we're not even halfway through this is gonna be a long podcast guys hopefully you're strapped in for the long run um Peter Davison time right this one this one's you you first all right cool so my favorite um that it's kind of another obvious one but Kate Vandazani top-notch regeneration story underappreciated i put the awakening um that's that's a bit of fun and then overappreciated i put kinder yes we agree on two of them <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes! Right, which so ones which ones do we agree on caves is top-notch yeah. and kinder is shit um right <laughs> and then i put visitation um, oh, i was underappreciated yeah. yeah so so this this could be quite quick actually Okay, case of, like let's go with Kinder. Kinder, Kinder is bollocks. Um, I, I, I think. Oh, I, Adam knows this because I did a review of like maybe a year back. No, it could have been that long because we were in lockdown. But um, I did a review for the Big Blue Box podcast as an audience group reviewer, where I literally mm. tore the story to shreds because it's shit. <laughs> it's it's one of the worst things in the world. It's it's worse than Doctor and the Silurians, and I, oh, like that's bad. Um, there you yeah, go. Kinder, Kinder can get burnt. Like if I could bring back, if I could bring back Marco Polo and we lose Kinder, I'm cool with that. Um, do you know what? I'd rather watch Class than I would Kinder. Oh, okay. And I, and I mean that okay. legitimately because do you know what? 
know, man. Um, Kinder is just blech. It, it's 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 sort of Doctor Who being weird, and I know a lot of people can appreciate it for that. But this is where I go. I don't need this in my life. Like, Bears. like I don't, I don't need. I'd rather watch Four to Doomsday, and that is that's not oh, okay. Okay, no, no, I wouldn't go that far. No, I, I wouldn't go. I, that far. I, I honestly would. Kinder is the worst fifth Doctor story, <laughs> um, and it's one of the worst things to come. I yeah, it's ew, no. I, I wouldn't go as far as I what know, you I know, said. I know you wouldn't. I know you wouldn't. Um, it's, I can see what it was going for. It's fairly bold. There's some, there's, it's kind of weird in a kind of intriguing way in terms of what's really going on. So, uh, but I kind of think maybe uh, it's one of those stories. I think it's almost like an acquired taste, particularly if like, for, uh, I'll, I'll choose more. Oh no, hang on. Uh, they, He's back. Oh, we lost you. Oh, right. We lost you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. basically what I'm saying is like I think it's almost acquired taste for this one because I if I was to compare modern consent like some people like understand the themes and people get it but some people a bit like this is this is not really this is not really for me I get what it's going for but for a doxy story it's not kind of like my thing and I, I kind of find that with kinder like I understand its ambition and I understand sort of and, and I, there are some creeping moments to it it's quite psychedelic uh, but I don't necessarily would say, oh my God, this is like, you know, a, an unappreciated or like, you know, a, cl a, a classic at the same time, really. So, uh, yeah, um, good performances. Unfortunately, Nissa gets a short straw in this one as she's fallen ill, which happens at the end of the previous story, Fourth of Doomsday. And I would say that would, that is the weakest story of season 19, Fourth of Doomsday. But yeah, I, I, I do and don't get the hype for Kinder. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, yeah. I, I. I. You're. You're very much more central than I am. I. This. I think this it comes to being a podcaster and just being rather really picky. But no, Kinder is. Kinder is trash. Um. Um. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but hey, opinions are why I made this podcast. Um. If you like Kinder, good for you. Uh, I'll just go and. Uh, I just. I just rather. Yeah. No. No. Thanks. Um, but yeah, no, Keiza Jazani. Let's talk about that as well. I think mm. possibly the best regeneration story of all time. Um, yes. like in, in terms of story quality, because we, yeah, I think I was talking to Kieran, uh, our good friend Kieran, the other day. Not a lot of regeneration stories are actually that good. <laughs> mm. If you think about it, not many of them are like you've got the war games, which is like top quality. Planet of the Spiders is a quiet taste. Logopolis is all right. Caves is great. Time of the Rani, acquired taste. Movie, acquired taste. Part of the ways, that's really good. Right, end, of, end of time. Uh, uh, time of the Doctor, I like it, but it's not very good. Mm. Uh, twice upon a time. Oh, <laughs> then we get, then we don't know what Judy's gonna have. But yeah, but yeah. No, this is legitimately one of one of the best stories ever, um, and it sends. Davison's Doctor off in the best way. And Definitely. I think I think Sharon's Jack is possibly one of their best villains of classic who up there with the mighty Sutek. Um and uh, things like that. I think he's creepy, I think he's brilliant. Was he originally gonna be played by Bowie? Or wasn't that like one of the plans? Yeah, that, that was I think but, but Bowie was on tour, I think. And he he would have been fantastic, absolutely. Because he was up for it as well, wasn't he? He was he, like, it was mm. like part of like the other plan to get Bowie. Peter Davison face on against David Bowie, like Christ. Um, it would be brilliant. It'd be brilliant. Um, it was the crossover we all needed. Um, but 
I think as well, I think part of the strength is that we haven't really got a lot of, we haven't, we've had no time with the Doctor and Perry, the fifth Doctor and Perry together, but yet there's still that connection there. I think it's brilliant. I think that it shows the best, the best qualities of the fifth Doctor's caring side. I think the fifth Doctor is actually very underrated. I like Peter Davison. It's quite a quiet performance compared to its quirky counterparts, I suppose, but I really like it. Um, yeah, no, I think it's perfect. I think it's bad. I don't, I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's the perfect regeneration story because I don't, I don't mm. think a regeneration story can be perfect. I think that because it's having to bookend a bunch of stuff, I think there's so mm. much for it to do that it can't be a perfect story in and of itself. But I think it's almost the best the regeneration story can get. I think it throws Perry, because this is her first adventure, you know, following Planet of Fire, it throws her into the deep end. It really does. This harsh world, um, they almost get shot. Uh, they, you know, there's there's just a lot of, you know, not generally nasty people around them who aren't, you know, you know, that's the thing. That's what I love about it. It's, uh, and then Davison crashing the spaceship. Um, you're not going to stop me now. And yeah, as you said, the, the sh- showing his kind of caring and passionate side that at the end of the day, you know, his main goal is to save Perry and get her out, really. Um, and it's not easy. It's not made easy for him. He's getting gunned down, running through the, through the, sat- the yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's epic and it it, it gives a, a, a very heroic death followed by many voices from the past as he's regenerating into Colin Baker yeah no yeah exactly um yeah I'd agree with you everything on that right so we've talked we've talked about uh we've talked about kinder we've talked about uh yeah. so now we need to talk about the awakening which I haven't seen so right. I'll, let, I'll let you speak about that and then we'll talk about the visitation, which we've both seen. Yeah, I watched this one, I think probably like the first time last year. And it's a solid, it's a two-parter. It's, 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 it's uh, one of the two-parters. And it's sort of, um, you know, people are reenacting sort of moments from the English Civil War. They're kind of knowing what's going on. Then there's uh, the malice who comes into it. Uh, and it's basically this massive kind of face on the wall, this kind of psychic kind of creature and um or, you know i think it's almost feeding off the fact that these um uh helping them to to somehow re- reenact the kind of issue of war it's got like a cool storyline quite a creative one uh it's a, it's a fun like story it's two parts it's yeah i don't know i think it's one that i don't think i think it's it's, a, it's in a strange place really because season 21 you start you start bad and you also end bad with like twin dilemma worries for deep and twin dilemma i mean you have some like decent stuff in between like francios is okay resurrection for dalek's pretty decent as is planet fire as the awakening case of jazani is fantastic so it's in a very awkward place in terms of its placement in the series but uh it's a fun kind of breather really because things cause things can get you know sim- like things like resurrection for dalek's a lot of the characters die in that case on jazani is quite nihilistic and this one, I think, is quite a nice breather in it was otherwise a very... And also Warriors of a Deep is quite bleak as well. Like, most of the stories in that season are fairly bleak, and this one's sort of the least bleak. So it's a nice bit of relief in Amongst the Madness, basically. The Awakening. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, for me, Visitation is very similar to the Aztecs, not in terms of the actual story that they're telling, but in terms of quality, I think it's another quintessential historical with that. But this time it's a bit more... Taking liberties, obviously, with uh, the the Terra Neptiles, which obviously weren't the thing. Um, but I also think it's kind of smart. I love I, I forget his name, but I love the I love the character. I love the little side character they meet. Um, who's very mm. I forget his name. What is his name? Do you know? 
the the man. Um, forget his name. I know who you mean. Yeah. Um, he's very cool. I, it gets rid of the like screwdriver, which please do it in today's series, please. Can you give Jody something else to wear that you can make much of. Or Richard whatever. Mace. Richard Mace. Mace. Gotta love Mace. Yeah, I think he's really fun. Uh, this has my least favorite adjunct moment where he falls over for no fucking reason and then tells Tegan to sit her ass down because she's a woman. And every time people say they like Adric, I go, mm, he deserved to die. Um, he's, a, he's a big meme. Big meme, Adric. Um, but no, yeah, I think it's really good. I think the tarot actors are cool. I think, I think they're actually quite menacing. I think they look nice. I like, I like the fact that they went for the... I love the design of the one that's injured. I think that's really cool. Um, I like the plan. The plan's quite grand. And I like the fact that you aren't really aware of what this story is actually linked to until the very end with the Great Fire of London. I think that's a really kind of cool mm. twist at the very end. So yeah, I think it's a solid who. Unfortunately, Nissa gets nothing to do, but then again, that's kind of what, what Nissa does in Doctor Who, unfortunately. Because I think, I think she's not in kin- is she Is she not in Kinder either, is she? Yeah, Nissa's not in Kinder, no. <laughs> no, so she's not in this. She's in the TARDIS most of this one, and she's not in Kinder very much either. So I mean, even in Earthshock, like, she's in the TARDIS. Yeah, poor Nissa. Josh Snares is raging. Um, but yeah, just it's it's fun. It's solid. Who it's like a seven and a half, eight out of ten. I think it's really cool. Agreed? Yeah, agree. Agree. Absolutely agree. Yeah. yeah, it's it's fun. Right, it is it is the tricky one, the Sixth Doctor era. Ha <laughs> Right, you go. That's me first, isn't it? Yeah. My favorite. I went two doctors. Okay. Underappreciated. I went. I want to get this right. Uh, Revel something of the Daleks. I keep getting revelation. Revelation of the Daleks and uh, overrated. I went uh, mind warp, which I know is going to upset Interesting. you. Interesting. I know it's going to upset you. Interesting. Um, because my favorite is mind warp. It's the same as like uh, the second Doctor one, where yeah, you yeah, know uh, your overrated was somehow my favorite. Underappreciated. I went the ultimate foe. Nice. I went overappreciated. I went vengeance on Varos. Yep, okay. Uh, I agree with you on the overappreciated side as well. <laughs> uh, right, Mind Warp. I went Mind Warp um, because I think it's the syndrome of it's the best of a bad bunch um, and therefore people like it more. I think the entirety of Time, Time Lord is tripe. Um, like, not bad, but I think it's boring. I think the best scenes are in the courtroom, which I think I actually agree with Gary from the Blue Box podcast. I remember when they reviewed this in a bunch, I can't remember what they said. I think he agreed that everything in the courtroom is pretty cool and then virtually it just loses out I think Sill's great. I love Nabil, my boy Nabil. He's always doing mm-hmm. a good job. But yeah, it's just it's 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 it's, it's uh, we kind of both shat on the two Sill stories. Um, but I, I do think Sill is actually the best part of both of those things. Um, I think Sill's rather fun. I think he's a great character. Just unfortunately, what's around him isn't great. Brian Blessed is obviously in it, and that's something to marvel at, I suppose. But take those two things out of the story. What have you got? You've got Perry's exit, which is kind of undercooked, and then retconned. Um, yeah, it's just it's like it's fine, but it's just not like everyone knows this is a good Tom, this is a good Colin. And it's like compared to what Time Lash? Uh, yeah. Compared to Attack of the Cybermen? Yeah, of course it is, but they're like awful. <laughs> So like, I think it's I think it's fine. I think it's like five, six out of ten. But I just when people go, yeah, that's the good one. I go, well, yeah, but it would be compared to what you got around it. Fair voids. Mm. 
obviously I can't really hate on the ultimate foe because I've seen the writing and Bob Holmes and things like that. So I don't want to put that there. Um, but yeah, this this time I think I think Mind Warp is considered better because of what's around it. Yeah. I like I think I like Mind Warp because it's probably the darkest of the stories. Uh I love Colin in the story, like um him playing uh, you you never never quite sure sort of you know if he's sort of putting up a front or whether you know his mind really did get warped. Um, I think it's I think Ooh, no. it's, it's it's Colin that's probably had his most complex performance in terms of his TV run. Absolutely, um, Christopher Ryan as Lord Kiv is really cool. He's he he he's he's generally like a great actor, and obviously he came back to play General Style in the Sultaran two part in the Tenth Doctor era. Uh, so again, great. Um, yeah, Nicola Bryan is you know. It's almost like it's 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 almost like goes back to Kate Andrzejewski. It's a very it's a very nihilistic. It's a place where she just it's, it's the last place she wants to be. It's the last sort of situation, and you really feel for her. You feel that kind of anxiety that she's feeling, and she's totally she's like she's tied up on the rocks, and you know she is going through that mind warp process. It's quite tragic. Those last kind of climactic moments are tragic. There's a there's a mix of tragedy, nihilism, and general just like well, you know, it kind of makes you go, oh my god, it, it's it's. One where it's the most emotionally kind of complex and uh, daring, definitely. So yeah. I want the best. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'd understand. I'd understand that. Um, I get it. Yeah. As I say, for me, I went to doctors. I'm going to use one word here, and I'm going to say nothing else. Troughton. Um, I, I don't. I don't care for the Makes rest. Of the, everything better. I don't care for the rest of the story. If I'm honest, if he wasn't there, it'd be awful. And you know what? Reese is right because Reese is his least favorite Colin story. And as a story, you're probably right. But Chowton, he's in it. That's, I, the, that's the thing. I, 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 you know that meme. I sound horrible because I don't dislike Colin Baker as a doctor. I honestly don't. The stories let him down though. This is probably the bleakest classic who is in terms of quality of writing. I do feel yeah. he got let down because I think his doctor is very good in a lot of senses. I think I think he's got a great doctor. I actually like his relationship with Perry, especially more in Trial of a Time Lord that is certainly improved on. But I just I think when when you say that the, one of his best stories, or he says it, one of his best stories is because another doctor's in it. That's got to suck. I mean, it's just what 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 do you say? Twin Dilemma is that good? No. Attack of the Cybermen? No. What else have you got? Oh god, like the Dalek one's good, I suppose, but it's just oh man, I feel bad. Like it's just it's it's not an era I want to go back to. You know what mm. I mean? But yeah, the, the two Doctors is it's fine. I I feel like I feel like there is some really good moments. I will talk without without just joking and saying chat. I do like it whenever the, the second Doctor and the sixth Doctor interact. I think mm. I think that's really cool. Like the whole snap scene, I think that's cool. I think Jamie hanging out with the sixth doctor is fun. Um, I think uh, again Perry interacting with with um with you know Jamie interacting with Perry is really cool as well. But the interaction we get a nice um uh, the second doctor's eyebrows are really cool. Uh, becoming a whatever they're called those things. Andrew Gums, yeah. The Andrew Gum. I love how he says Andrew Gum as well. I think that's hilarious. Obviously, they had to change the location for some reason. I think it was budgetary. Um, so in the original writing, I think this is Rob Holmes' possibly worst script, but they're gonna probably haven't seen all of Rob Holmes' scripts. But yeah, this is this is this isn't this isn't a great script, but it's fun. It's too long. There's a, though. 
there's a meme with water spilling so the water spilling is doctor who and then the plaster over it is patrick troughton for you he said what makes a doctor who story good patrick troughton put the plaster over it there we go yeah if he's in it it's good uh yeah i suppose that's true with tom baker though right if tom baker was pop up an alien uh, yes yeah that's probably true He'd probably go well. At least to add Tom Baker in it, and therefore it can. Well, I suppose be more for you, Matt Smith, as well. If in yeah, bracket. I suppose if it's modern who, Matt Smith. If it's classic who, Patrick Trout. Yeah. Right. So you said uh, where? where oh, oh, we should at? I go for my overrated? Because obviously you you put you went. Yeah, well, I I agree with this. What? Well, yeah, Avengers on Varus. Um, I, I like you know the reality TV angle of it. I think that's good. I think done better in a later story, which I'm going to mention. Um, you, maybe that might give you a hint of what's coming up. I um, know what you're talking about. So um, there you go. Um, spoiler, if kind of. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, yes. Two two forty nine minutes. It's it's fine. I yeah. think I quite. I think it's it's, it's, it's an idea that's decently explored. And Sill's quite good in it. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I, I the rest of the cast not that amazing. Yeah. Nothing yeah. completely stands out. Uh, I think maybe the standout scene is the end of part one, where the doctor's kind of like, you know, they cut just as the doctor's sort of about to like literally drop. Uh, so it's got some like goodish yeah. moments in there generally, but I think overall, I don't think it's a really classic. Again, again, as well, even though we're saying these are the most over overrated or overappreciated, it doesn't mean they're the worst. It just means that to us, we don't really see what other people see. Yeah. So, uh, Avengers of I agree. It's too dark. I think. I think it's sort of. Maybe the, a bit, actually. I think, yeah. I think it's sort of the equivalent of Dark Water, Death, and Heaven of the modern series, where like the whole "Don't cremate me" thing doesn't belong in a kids' show. That's really dark and really like. Then they go. Lots of people like that. Doctor Who, in essence, is a kids' show. We need to keep it at that level. And the Doctor told people into acid and then saying, sorry, I won't join you. It's like, what are you doing, mate? You just kill people. That's You shouldn't be quipping. That, you know. And also, it's not like a Doctor Who death where it's like unrealistic. You just drop them into acid. Like, you know, for example, mm. like in like for example, an Iron Man movie, if Iron Man was to blow like a like a a villain into space and they blew up that's unrealistic so it's sort of like oh that's really cool i just the doctor drawn people into acid that's gruesome and like the fact that he quips it's sort of like nope but no sill's great because Sil is maniacal sill is sill's he's the shining light of the sixth doctor era to be honest i'm happy they brought him back um because he's just fun and i, I think the bill does a great job the voice i really like all those people find it quite grating i think that's sort of the point as well you know mm. He looks great. The design's really cool. But yeah, I, I think the set design in this lets it down as well because it just looks dull. Yeah. Like it yeah, looks, I, I, I agree. It just, but no, I, yeah. So yeah, it, it's fine. But it doesn't deserve to be where it is. Um, just both I would appreciate it now. Yeah. So I think I, I put I put a revelation of the Daleks there because um, it's, I think it's solid. That's this, this is really bad. But I think it's actually just kind of solid. I think it's the one that makes the best of the forty-five minute sequence. I think I think it's the one that makes the, that capitalises it the most. I think the Daleks are great in it. Actually, I like the whole like the the two. I think I suppose they're bounty hunters in it yeah. as well. I think their arc's kind of cool. That the you know I think it, I think it's just fine. I think it's like a six seven out of ten deal. And I think people forget about it. I think especially when you think about the grandiose '80s Dalek stories with a revelation for the fifth doctor and obviously remembrance for the seventh doctor being a bit more grand obviously with tegan leaving remember she's being a masterpiece but 
yeah, I think I think it's solid. I think it's actually really good. Um, I think it's I think I think I think I don't think I think it's one of the best. I think like I, said, I think it makes the best of the forty five minute format it's got. And yeah, just I think it I think it works to its advantages. And it obviously it's not perfect, but it's sure forgotten. I think. Understandable. Uh, yeah, I, I would probably agree with that. Um, I don't know. I don't like Remembrance is like fantastic. I've probably prefer Resurrection uh, in my head. Um, Remembrance. Oh, sorry to re- sorry to, revel- to oh. Revelation. My bad. Yeah. So I was going. So if I was if I was to do like a ranking in my head, I'd probably Remembrance, Resurrection, and then Revelation. But no, I I think I would agree. I would agree with that. I think I'd agree. But I, I don't know. I think I think this one they they perceive it as like by far the bottom. I don't I don't, mm. agree, I don't agree with that. And for me, it's uh, the ultimate foe in terms of underrated. I, I think can start, I can under, I can understand why. It starts great in my view because the like episode thirteen it was sort of Robert Holmes and I was kind of getting what he's going for the whole. Uh, see they they come um you know the 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 Valyard gone into the Matrix. And then obviously the doctor goes to chase him and then they come across like Mr. Popplewick and kind of, like, Oh, what's going on? There's some kind of weird kind of unsuspecting stuff happening. Uh, the Valley are really playing with the doctor almost like a he- heaven sent, even though obviously, you know, there are a, a couple more characters in it. Um, of the doc- doctor go around trying to figure out, you know, it's almost like a very much mind game kind of thing. Like, like, like deadly assassin. It's almost like a sort of deadly assassin. And I love that story. So, both in the Matrix, it's kind of like a cat and mouse, but with some psychedelicness. And I think it started to go places, and I was really liking what they were doing. And some scenes are great, particularly when the Sixth Doctor's, you know, at the end when he sort of, you know, when there's a bunch of like sand and grain sort of like encompassing him, and there's some really cool sort of, he has like a fun way out of it. But I think yeah, it's it's the conclusion that's a bit rushed, and it's a bit like oh, but the, it's but, kind of come but, to that, which is but, a bit disappointing. But again, but again there's, re- there's reasons for that, isn't there? Yes, there is. That's you know, right. Baker came yeah. in to to, wrote, to wrap it up, to wrap it up, and it's um, it's a hard challenge. You know, and challenge. I think I think as well because Bob Holmes was such a visionary. You know, yes, you can't yes. really, you couldn't. It's sort of, for example, I suppose if you were to bring in a competent director to to finish off a Steven Spielberg film, I don't, you know, what I mean, that they've got that certain look that you, nobody can replicate it apart from themselves. So yeah, I I think I agree with you. I think it is underappreciated. I think yes, I think it is that ending which sort of doesn't help it because it does feel a bit rushed, a bit out of nowhere. But overall, I think as well, obviously, it brings back Ainley, which is cool. Yes, it does. Um, because we hadn't seen him since what Planet Fire. Um, yeah. No, Mark of the Rani. Mark of the Rani. Sorry, yeah, Mark of the Rani. Um, but even so, it's just good to see him. I like Ainley. I think he's actually a bit underrated. I think so. Obviously, people love Delgado. I like Ainley a bit more. I know it's the, um, blasphemy, but yeah, I like him just a bit more. Um, I think he's. That's probably. Uh, do you know what we've talked about the episodes? But that's probably in terms of controversial. Ainley over Delgado. Do you know? Do you know why I think he's a bit more camp, and I like a bit of campiness. Um, I think I think Delgado. I think Delgado is is probably the the better character. But there's something about I like Amy's laugh. I think he's like right. I think I think that's kind of cool. I like how mischievous he is. Like <laughs> I like he's like that mustache twirling a bit more. Whereas yeah. Delgado a bit more smart. I like how he's like your typical villain just having a bit of a laugh. I think that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think it's yeah. I'd agree with you. Seventh stop to time. Cool. Right. So it's, it's, it's you first. Me, me to go first. Right. 
My favourite is the Curse of Fenric. Underappreciated is the Happiness Patrol. Overrated. I wrote my way out of this one. It almost. It, this is this is this is gonna be like the funniest pod show. It's I don't know why I put it. The TV movie. That don't count. You can't count that. Oh come on! No, you can't. I... You cannot count that. You can't. No, he but he's he, in it. No, yeah, but that's like me going. Oh yeah, Colin Baker's worst story. Time of the Rani. Oh no no no! Come on. When you have Twin Dilemma and Time Lash, that no, just but makes I know, but I'm, I'm just saying you can't use that. He didn't even speak. He gets shot, and that's it. You can't. No, he can't, did speak. No, you cannot count that. You, you cannot count that. I don't count. Come on. Give us a real McCoy story. It was almost my way to incorporate. No, no, no. The McGann stuff's great. No, all right, okay. <laughs> Overappreciated. It's what's yours? Because I, I'm, I, I genuinely had a tough time with that one. To be honest. Yeah, no, there's a lot of good ones. Um, for me, I went overappreciated. I went with Ghostlight. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I can really say it's. I, I know. I understand why. Because no, no one knows what. No one really knows what it is. Yeah, exactly. So it does. You, you, <laughs> It's hard to appreciate would, it. Would you like? Would you like me to give my favorite and then underappreciate as well? Okay, yeah. Favorite, favorite. It's it's bitch basic, but I want remembrance. Um, right. Uh, underappreciated. It's a balance between doubt and the Bannerman, but that's a kind of a jokey one. But I want Gretchen in the galaxy for me. Um, mm. Right. So I think I think Ghost like Okay, I'll let you talk about the TV movie. I suppose I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give. you... <laughs> Only because I'll um, give it to you. I'll, uh, um, genuinely, I, I can't. I genuinely don't think there's a story. I, in, I, I sort of in forget TV. that McCoy's only only got twelve stories. You think because he's had three yeah. seasons, you think there's more, but there's not. But no, I th- I think I think for me, Ghostlight, like you said, I don't know what it is. <laughs> so it's hard to know. Is it underappreciated? Is it over? It's you don't. It's hard to put a stance on Ghostlight. That's like the most difficult thing. Yeah, it's hard I mean, like. Even though it's a great story, Remembrance, Curse of Fenric, Survival, even Great Show of the Galaxy, I was like, they are no, they are in no way overappreciated. This I'd is the face I pull when I watch Ghostlight. The TV, all right. <laughs> the TV, and the TV movie. Yeah, um, um, his exit is dreadful. I think it's probably the worst way for a Doctor to go out to get, to <laughs> not even, remember in the in the start of Doctor Who, where they check the scanner to make sure everything's okay, um, like yep. check the readings and everything. He just walks out, gets gunned down, and it's 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 tragic. It's a it's a tragic way to start the movie, really. When I think with McGann, when McGann comes on the screen, he's great. He's a brilliant portrayal. There is that kind of funness with the rest of it. But in terms of the, you know, in terms of because in the end, Sylvester McCoy, he is credited. He is a part of the story uh, in a way. He kicks things off, and it's it's in my view, I think there's probably the. I think until McGann shows up, that's when the TV movie starts. I think for me, uh, the music's great and everything like that, but I, I think in terms of so uh, in terms of from start to finish, I don't. I think the TV movie does kind of have the kind of off point really. So wow, wow. Um, mainly due to how McCoy, because you think about how M- McCoy's TV run, and you think that Doctor could have had a proper exit, and I think it's a bit. I think he still should deserve like a much better exit to the series because he was a complexity to the character. Can we just count survival and just like you know as the exit and the TV movie? Yeah. I know obviously. I know obviously. We, we want, I know obviously we want to. We want to count McGann as a doctor because he's brilliant. But that first ten minutes of the movie is 
interesting. Um, but no, yeah, I'll, 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 I'm, I'm annoyed you went with that because I struggled with it. Because that's such an easy get out. Um, but, but no, so for me, Ghostlight, yeah, I just don't know what it is. No one does. They don't, the people in it don't even know what it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> in fact, it's, it's artistic for artistic sake, I suppose, but yeah, it's not fun to watch. It's kind of like you watch it and you go, am I taking drugs? What's going on? So let's talk about some fun, shall we? Um, right, so let's talk about... Let's talk about underappreciated. Right, I'll let you go first. Actually, give a proper point, not TV. What? I, th- I think it that's don't a ca- point. It don't count, because you're saying... The t- would you rather watch Ghostlight on TV movie? Maybe Ghostlight. Oh, you're not a fan of TV movie? Women get, I think... If we're talking McCoy, no, 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 but that don't count. On... That don't count. You can't. That's an overall story. We're not talking about their acting roles. We're talking as an overall story. That don't count. Okay, o- overall, the TV movie has its ups and downs. Yeah, of course. So you and just kind of ghost like has the same thing. You so essentially kind of just used the you used the Monopoly kind of a get out of jail free card. I went. Do you know what? No, I'm gonna say that <laughs> this is it because he gets done down within six minutes. This is yeah. whore, this is horseshit. But he's <laughs> in it. Fine, whatever. Um, so yeah, would you say it was underappreciated? Happiness Patrol. Happiness Patrol. I'd agree with that. Candyman's great. I, I that's the, th- the thing is, like, I think with Grace in the Galaxy, uh, that would probably have been. I love that story. It's great. Uh, I think it, it it definitely needs to be talked about more. But I think for um, in terms of that season, maybe the Happiness Patrol has more of that underrated <sighs> sort of quality for me. It's it's flamboyant. It's it's crazy. It's flamboyant. It's uh, it's it's campus. It's campus Christmas, as I think the saying is. It's campus Christmas. But there's there's it's bold. You remember the Candyman, no matter how ridiculous the Candyman is. You remember it. There's there, it's he's quite mad but menacing. Uh, Helena, the kind of parallels between her and Margaret Thatcher. Um, the the constantness for people to be happy um, is it, quite, it's playing on that kind of, in, in that kind of emotional state. It's really well done. It's quite, it's a great metaphor for that. It's three parts. So generally the pacing's pretty neat and, you know, and tidy, it's cool. Uh, and some great performances. Also the gun scene yeah. with the doctor and the two gunmen, pull the trigger, end my life. And the guy, the gunman, not having the courage to do so. Great, there's some great, so there's some great moments. When the TARDIS is pink, why has that not been a BNM thing already? Yeah, like pink TARDIS. From the, and also, I think oh, candy, I think people want a Candyman figure as well. There might already be. Yeah, one basically, one. you don't even have to do a, a Doctor TARDIS set. Just put the Candyman with a pink TARDIS. Why not? Yeah, um, I'd agree. I think in a way, it's kind of season twenty-four done right. Um, in a way, because it's got that yeah, camp, it's got, yeah. it's got that camp side, but also the more serious side that obviously. Uh, Cartman wanted to bring in. I think it's actually mm. that done right. I mean, I loved out the Bandman for some silly reasons because I think it's ridiculous and fun. Um, like, uh, you know, our good friend Adam Charlton with Time and the Rani. But, um, but you know, I think yeah, I think I think I'm on the level with you there. But I think Grouch in the Galaxy is just it's one of the stories which because it's got Rembrandt in that series. You know, Rembrandt is like top tier. Who? It's Beranovich. At his best, a battlefield is solid as well. And you know, it's kind of sad that he ended the two stories because I want to see what if you could have done more. But yeah, but yeah, great show is really good. It's got the horror stuff as well. I mean, I'm afraid of clowns and all that kind of shit, so it's kind of my worst nightmare. 
but I think as well, it's just it's fun. It's like I said, it's kind of in a similar place of uh, what I said about John Pertwee and Joe Grant. Uh, you know, Katie and John together. It's just like mid tier, middle of the road for Sylvester and Sophie together. Their chemistry is really starting to blend at this point. They're really being to you know be on fire together. I think it's really good. I think it's really solid. I think it's it's one of the stories that again four parts kind of like because it's kind of I'm, I really like McCoy's era because none of the stories ever say they're welcome. So even if the stories aren't rich enough, they end relatively where they should do. Um, mm. And I think, you know, I think this one is really cool. I think it's got a lot of elements that I like. I think it's cool. Survival was what it's to appreciate it, to be honest, because I think people think it's a bit strange, but I really like it. If we fight like animals, we die, we like, die animals. like animals. Right, so we're not going to do the Eighth Doctor. So we're just going to quickly, because the TV movie is Oh, we've done favourite. Oh no, we didn't do we didn't do favorite, did we? Shit. Um, sorry, I'm my brain. You, you, yeah, you didn't remember inside per Fenric. Yeah, so both of them. I think I'll speak on yours first. We'll do Fenric first. Uh, right. I re- I really like it. I think yeah, it's great. Um, I think I think Ace, the Doctor playing, you know, using Ace towards the end. I think it's really interesting. Um, actually, uh, I know I joke when everyone goes, "Oh, I just want a Doctor that's nice to people," but within the context of the story, I think it's actually really cool. Uh, and I think I think it's McCoy in his last late latter half is run at his best there with him, you know, using using his Ace's, you know, connection with the Doctor against him, uh, you know, against her and kind of using that to help. Uh, I think overall as well, the Hemovore is actually really well designed. Uh, I like the setting. I think it's fun. I, I like I think it's, McCoy's having great fun with it. I think he's loving the script. I think he's really getting into it. Um, mm. So yeah, I really enjoyed it, man. I think you. Great choice. Yeah, there's some crazy inscriptions. They've got to code it. What's going on? The the curse of Fenric. The well, yeah, the title of story. So so like there's actually Fenric is there's, there's like a, there's like a gloomy presence to it. it. It gets gloomier and gloomier, and things really ramp up. And particular and it concludes in that scene you very mentioned where the Doctor um, is uh, you know al- almost feels like he's betraying Ace and that trust there. But then obviously use that they say well he sort of had to have. Ace lose faith for that very bit to sort of win the day in the end. But Ace, you know, there's some very like interesting character moments with her. Uh, like literally, she's coming across. She comes. She felt she's holding her mother as a baby. Like what? What on earth? There's like you know, uh, and Ace has sort of put her most sort of. This is where she's really mature. She's an adult. Even with ghost light, she they go to the house where that she burnt down. That's very interesting. There's this. Um, it's one of the most complex arcs that she goes through, this kind of maturity and this very much this kind of really put through the paces in these kind of moments, almost yeah. as if the seventh doctor was sort of playing a sort of test behind the scenes. It's it's very, you know, good. So yeah, and this I think this is the strongest illustration of all that. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think I think especially I think it's the quintessential ace and seventh doctor story. Um, you know, I think it's really cool. I think it's it's a it's very good. I think it's possibly the best in season twenty six, but mm. you know, that's that's a quality season in and of itself. So anyone could argue any story except for because like um, I'm kidding. You can have your opinions, but um, but yeah, for me, I went with the the basic remembrance of the Daleks because it's it's just gold standard, isn't it? The Daleks mm. have never been better. Although Genesis might be the better story, this is where the Daleks are at their best. In terms of the Daleks themselves, I think this is you have the amazing, iconic stairs sequence. You have Ace destroying the Dalek with a bat. You, you know, you have those amazing moments. 
you, you, you can't get, you have the great Davros reveal at the end, which you don't know it's coming. It's just superb. That is, there's, not, there's not much wrong with it, if anything, to be honest. I, I mean that there are some stories that just live up to the hype, and this is one of them. I think, would you agree this is possibly one of, if not the best story for the Daleks? Maybe not the best Dalek story as a story, but in terms of what the Daleks do and how they are. Definitely. It's because, uh, obviously, there's the Dalek Civil War between the Imperials exactly. and the Renegades. That's fun. You've got some great Dalek action. The special some, weapons, man. <laughs> the special weapons just completely not taking any of it. He's the, the OG of Daleks, really. Um, yeah, it's they're they're crafty, but you know, also there's a great amount of action with them. It's it's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think yeah. Although I'd say poss- possibly Genesis is the best classic Dalek story. I think the Daleks in this are the best because Genesis is more of a Davros story, I suppose. Really. Yes. So I think I think this is possibly I think, I think McCoy's brilliant as well. The side characters are great. Um, you know, you even get the nice little Easter egg where they cut away just for Doctor Who's on the telly, which makes you go, mm. what the fuck? Um, but yeah, overall, I like legitimately I couldn't tell you anything wrong with it. I will watch it as often as you like. Whenever. What I like, I, I like about the Doctor in this, I feel like for most of the seventh Doctor era, it's like he's playing metaphorical chess. Like he's very much behind the scenes moving things, like you know. You know, manipulating things behind the scene, obviously, um, getting the Dalek, you know, getting the Dalek ship to destroy at the end. Uh, like, I think that's what I like about that doctor. He's very, you know, um, he, he, you know, he's going to like win at the end of the day, and you're not quite sure how it's all going to unfold. And then it, and then he, he is that kind of ta-da moment near the end. I like that. Yeah, no, it's very good. And also, unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. That's all you need to say, isn't it? But no, mm. I'm just again, it's one of those references where Doctor, where for me this story is a ten out of ten. Like, I couldn't tell you much wrong with it, if anything, at yeah. all. Like, I think also our good friend Aaron is doing a watchdog of this in aid of charity as well. Yes, indeed. Soon, I couldn't tell you the date, but you probably know, or at least have a better inkling than the I. The twenty seventh of February, Saturday, twenty seventh of February, uh, at seven pm. Yes. There you go. So it's in aid of charity again. I can't remember which charity. This is really this is a terrible plug, um, but. You should definitely go do it. Um, the Terrence Higgins Trust. Cool. So there you go. Get, you know, it's a great story. And also just go support the charity. Go support Aaron. Go support what he's doing. It's all all great. All great stuff. Yeah. And you can't really go wrong with watching members of the Daleks. Um, yeah. So <laughs> there we go. Sorry, that was me just fanboying over one of the best mm. stories. I think, we've, I, think, I think this is going for two hours and we've covered the classic series pretty well much. Well done. We got, we, we've got five more to go, baby. Yep. Um, <laughs> Right, the Ninth Doctor was probably the most easy slash difficult because there's only ten stories. Um, yes. So, right. So, so technically it's me first, isn't it? All right. So, favorite. I've gone with Father's Day. Underappreciated. I went Boomtown. Overappreciated. I went Empty Child. Yeah. Um, no, it was strange because none of those stories you mentioned are uh, 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 on any of the kind of character. So yes, um, this is gonna be interesting. Favorite: Bad Wolf and the Parting of the Ways. Underappreciated: The End of the World. And then overrated. This is gonna be interesting. One: Aliens of London and World War Three. Yeah, that was that was close. Right, I disagree with you heavily on one of them. Is it end? Of, no, no. Is it Bad Wolf? No, End of the World. I think is by far is worst story. Really? I think it's boring, mate. 
I don't, my word. I don't, okay. I, I, I don't, like, they're going to have nostalgia for it. This is where my nostalgia pops don't really come in. Right, okay. Um, okay. I see, because my first, my first, I suppose my first Doctor Who story, I remember, like, glimpses of Series 4, a bit of my dad's house, and he had it on the background. But my first proper Doctor Who story as a fan was Spell St. John. So my nostalgia pops aren't, aren't really coming in. Uh, but, so, uh, we'll talk about our underappreciated first, I guess. End of the world, it's not bad. There isn't a bad first Doctor story. I think anyone can admit that. I don't think there's... there's I think the long game is perhaps... maybe the maybe That the, was probably been my least favourite. Yeah, I think in terms of it's not very ambitious, it wastes Simon Pegg, and it does waste Simon Pegg. Um, you know, but this one, I like the, the, the forest lady, Cassandra. Cassandra's better in this one than she is in New Earth. Agreed. Um, the, it kind of is a good representation of the budget they've got now mm. as well. I think that's cool. They've gone to space. Uh, I don't know. I think I think it's just it's just a bit unremarkable. It's solid. It's fine. It's 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 decent. I don't dislike it, but I think it's just I think it's the most bleak of the of the first Doctor. I would say the long game has more interesting ideas, but a worse executed. I think this executes everything to a good level, but it's just not going for much. That's fine. For me, I put the end of the world on there because of the scenes between the Ninth Doctor and Jabe. Um, and that he's sort um they're sort of talking, and you can tell, like, you know, the doctor's very much, you know, she's she's going he's going along with this tree person who he's just met, but you know, there's that kind of sort of inviteness that that kind of sort of kind of like there's already kind of a connection, sort of like a nice sort of friendship there, which I think is quite nice and sweet. And then when when they're when he's recounting the time war. And um, like that scene where there's like the, the sort of massive blades, you know, when he's sort of going through that sort of, do you know what I mean? That's all near the end. He's sort of trying to fix the, the kind of climax of moments between Knife Doctor and Jade and then Jade sort of burns up and um, later in Star Life Journey's end, she's like, oh, how many, how many of you, you know, yeah, this is, this like, she's I mean, in there. The fact that Clive wasn't in that montage still messes me up to this day. Oh, I know. Yeah. And also um, the the the, far, the it's got the ad- adherence of the repeated meme in yeah. there. <laughs> yes, yes. It's got um toxic by Britney Spears. Yeah. Um, and tainted love, I think, is in that soundtrack yeah, as well. So, so, yeah, so there's exactly. some there's some fun stuff, but there's some, like really dramatic stuff in there. Yeah, I understand. I get it. No, I I I don't I don't dislike it. Like I said, I I think it's I think it's decent. Um, yeah, it's just one that I don't really go back to. I suppose that and the mm. long day of the two that I don't like don't really care about because i think i would agree with them quite i would say quite dead on that level but i think the person playing dickens actually what perks that story up definitely um you know but yeah so it's fine it's solid i i you know but it's it doesn't blend myself because for me underappreciated i went boomtown because it's fun i know i've said that a lot about the underappreciated ones but this is it's the first time you get all the side characters together um mickey's in it i love mickey it's set in cardiff which is great um margaret Sladeen, Annette Bat and we need a shame we didn't get more in that Badland in Doctor Who to be honest, mm. um, because she's amazing, and yeah, I love this. I, but the comedy is on point as well. Like it's actually funny. It is funny. They're going for funny things. It is funny, unlike World War Three names in London with the farting stuff. This one is actually is funny. Like the whole uh, yeah, she's in a meeting now. She can't she can't see you. She's climbing at the window, isn't she? Yes, like, that is actually funny. The whole mm. Jack and the Doctor scene of who's in charge. That's kind of good as well. You get mm. a bit of drama with um with uh, you know Rose and Mickey where Mickey's gone off with somebody else because Rose left yeah. him. 
I forget yeah. I forget the name, but she goes, you don't even like, like Trisha or something or Trish or something. Trisha Delaney, is that the one? Yeah, that I think so. Yeah. You don't even like Trisha Delaney. <laughs> it's it's yeah. Um, the whole uh, buy me a drink first, the whole dinner sequence. Yeah, it's just fun. It's it's like it's if yeah. if you wanna if you wanna spend forty minutes watching a fun Chris Eccleston story, that'd be the one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so should we let's be negative first. Over, overrated. I'm gonna go empty chart the dances. I think it is really good. I think it is really good. The only reason I put it here is because I do think it's the weakest of Stephen Moffat's scripts before he became showrunner. Oh, interesting. So, uh, and they're all belters. They're all belters. But there are things in this in which he does better in later scripts. And therefore, I said that this, I don't, this is like an eight out of ten, a nine out of ten. People, people love this because of the empty child, which is understandable. It's really, it's really scary, really creepy, really well done. Um, but I don't know, man. I just, I, I, I don't tend to watch it as much as I do the others. And the thing as well, like you said, there's a better two-parter within the series. So it's not even the best two-parter, <laughs> you know, because, so I don't know, there's not much wrong with it. It's because the Lion's Dark series one is very solid, bar for a few. It's very, very solid. So you can't really, so yeah, I don't even just like it. I think it's, I think it's really good. I, but I think, I think the horror elements are done better in Blink and I think the horror elements are done better in Blink and, the library two-parter. So I think he definitely, this is a very good like landmark point. Obviously getting introduced to Jack, but I think Jack's a real a-hole in the story and not, not the character we know now. Uh, I prefer the character we know now. I know some people don't like Jack, but I'm a big fan of Jack. Um, so yeah, it's fine. I don't like the whole, do- also the Doctor, Doctor Dancer stuff is weird. Like not the actual episode, just the whole mm. subplot of Rose wanting to yes. get Doctor Dancer for some reason. It's strange. Don't get it. Weirdly sexual, which you can say about a lot about Muffet scripts, but yeah, no. Um, but that's it. That's my only problems. I think it, I think it's I think it's the horror elements are great. The reveal of you know that lady being the, the empty child's mother is really good. The uh, the nano genes thinking that's what humans should look like is actually really smart and a really cool idea. The yeah. war imagery is really good. The whole bit start where it's like, is anyone seen like a bomb in the sky? Everyone laughs, and even as he's in World War II London, it's like, oh god. It's really good. It's it's yeah. I don't dislike it, but you have to go for an underappreciated one. And when there's when there's gold, there's gold. All right. What do you think about the empty child up dances? Really good. Uh, I um, I disagree of it being the weakest um, pre-showrunner script. But then again, I don't think there really is a pre-showrunner weak script in terms of Moffat's no, one. No, no, but I, I did give it an 8.5 out of 10. <laughs> I, don't yeah, dis- yeah. I don't dislike it at all. I, yeah. I, I, th- I, think, I think Blink, although it's, although okay, I assume that's probably what you don't like. Maybe, maybe we're wrong in that. I would assume it's Blink. Or would you say go on the fireplace the weakest? Ooh. It's, I don't think, I don't know, I can't really put any of the curse to fatal death. Um, there we go. Uh, why not? My it, darling, it, 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 it's the pre showrunner Doc 2 script that Steve Moffat wrote. It, I suppose it technically counts. Um, but I like that. So, yeah, Enter Child Doctor Dot is it's got everything, it, it's very creepy, it's very, it's got some good comedy, like the banana. That's great. Um, Jack, I I think what's quite interesting, yes, you know, he's not quite the same person that you grow to love, but I quite like that eventually you kind of see him as like, ah, oh, he's a bit, you know, like why, you know, kind of kind of like why why should we sort of 
root for this guy. But then I think the kind of redemption, I suppose, in later with the Doctor, I think kind of helps him. I think it kind of grows. For, to, I like the fact he starts at that point. So he'd later grow into the sort of Captain Jack that you'd sort of more come to know and love in Torchwood and then later appearances of Doctor Who. Like, um, uh, it establishes obviously the time agent stuff for the, the 51st century. Uh, so there's a lot of like rich history there that's sort of later explored. I like that. Yeah, I think it's generally got the whole package in terms of Doctor Who. In that terms, it's sinister, it's creepy, it, uh, particularly the tape scenes when, um, you know, they're in the room and the tape's playing, but you can still hear it, but the tape stopped. Like yeah. that, those kind of moments. And there's some really good, yeah, some great horror elements I've utilized really well. Nancy's a fantastic supporting character as well. Love her. Yeah. Um, she's brilliant. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it was very tough for me to pick, like an underappreciated one, because although I, I couldn't pick the long game, for example, which does have problems because it's not hopefully appreciated. Which so is I, why over that, I went for the episode with farting aliens. Yeah, I, I get why you put this. I think, I, think this, I think the strongest part of the story is the Earth, you know, Jackie, Mickey, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's the strongest element. I like the whole... I don't hate the Celine. I think in design, they're a lot cooler than they are with the farting stuff. Um, mm. Yeah, I, But it doesn't bother me too much. But yeah, it's not It's not brilliant, but it's not bad. It's, I feel like it's a kind of hallmark of the Exodera. Mm. It's not bad, is it? I suppose he literally taught the sort of politicians kind of fart about maybe a bit too literally um, in that kind of sense. But yeah, it, it's one, it's probably out of the two parts in that, in that season. It's the one that I gravitate to the least, I suppose. Um, good performances. Obviously introduces Harry Jones, which I suppose is an absolute plus. She's Penelope Wilton is fantastic. Um, I don't, I don't think there's a lot in there that I necessarily think is like, Oh my God, it's like completely, groundbreaking or redefined it's it's i don't know it's just one that never really i never really go to really hardly in terms of that season so uh but i think people but there's a lot of fans of the slithing i think people want the slithing to come back again and they sort of have come back because i've seen Town and then sarah jane adventures and stuff and like that I, I think as well they can be done well yeah because there is does, does she even fart in 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 boomtown at all <laughs> well in in the bathroom when she's like yeah stressed but like not in like a moment of seriousness which yeah you know which they do too much in this one i don't hate it though which I, again i feel like is a, is a hallmark of the action era because there's there's not a bad story in there it's just one that i don't mm. like you i don't gravitate towards um out of the bunch mm. i suppose it's, it's great because the design of this lead as well there's there's like the costumes as well they're quite Maybe a bit it's like, like quite large. It's a bit like how do you how do you, how does like like how do you because some sometimes it's practical, sometimes it's CGI. So it's a bit hard Listen to really I'm like taking my headphones off because my ears are dying. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, um, it, it's a bit hard to kind of. It's a strange sort of mix, really, of you know practical costume and CGI. Yeah. yeah, no, I'd agree. Um, yeah, I think yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, I think World War Three is the stronger part when they're locked in the room. I think yeah. there's definitely some really good moments where it's like narrows it down. That narrows it down mm. seems really, really good. I love Jackie's comedy. It's the Slakeen. I think she's yeah. brilliant in this story. Uh, I think Vicky's really good as well. I think this is where he begins to step up. I love the slap at the beginning. I love the vision, the the, the imagery of Big Ben getting sorted, even though it doesn't look great yeah. by today's standards. Big Ben getting demolished is always is always mm. a brilliant sight. Um 
you know, um, yeah, there's some really good stuff in there. It's just, yeah, like you said, it's, it's not remarkable. There are these annoyances that RTD does um, with the farting and things. It, mm. you know, kind of, um, but also, uh, it's the first appearance of Tosh. I don't know. That's, I don't. Is it actually yeah. Tosh or is it not Tosh? I I'm, believe it. No, I believe it. It's the same character. I'm counting it as Tosh anyway, even if it isn't. Yeah. Um, I do like the pig slave as well. Um, it's cool. Yeah. It's not a pig slave, but it's like a pig. Uh, which could yeah, be, I get you. Poor, poor pig. Um, yeah. Right, let's let's talk about some good like Doctor. Um, Father's Day for me. I like this one. Um, because I think it's just how do I word it? It's Rose's best story of her entire run. Um, not not as in like this is the best story of those two series, but I mean in terms of for Rose's character, I think when people say they love Rose, if they were to if I always thought just the bottle, I'd know why. I think the relationship with the man's doctor is brilliant. I love the fact, for example, in the story, he is taken out of the equation, like in the second act, for a little bit. Um, so it's down to Rose and Pete. I like Pete in the story. I think Pete's great. Um, you know, I think that's fun. I love the consequences of time travel. Um, you know, I think, I think that's really interesting. Um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just really, really cool. It's my favourite. I think it's got some really heartfelt moments. I like the death scene. I like, oh, I could when eventually uh, Rose explains to Jackie that, you know, I know it's a later story, but uh, is I think when Rose explains to Jackie that, you know, the person that held the dad's hand was Rose all along, um, which I believe, isn't that in Party of the Ways? Oh, right, Party oh, of the Ways, yes. I, I thought it was, yeah. We'll um, get to that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, th- I think it's just really solid. I think it's, I think it's a perfect RTD, Doctor Who drama and sci-fi mix. Yeah, I'd agree. And, I, I, and to perfectly honest, I don't think there's much I could really add to that. Paul Cornell did a good, good yeah, job. The with this only one. thing is that the Reapers kind of a bit undermined now with all the amount of paradox. I, I, I do want them to come back. And they Those in the sicker so I think, would they, you know, in terms of them getting a full story rather than cameos, I think, yeah, be fantastic. Yeah, Bad Wolf in the Park of the Ways. Oh my God, this story is another one I could praise. Like I, This is obviously what I mentioned about the reality TV in Regis of Varus. I think it's well executed here with each of the characters getting separated into each of the different game shows with a very sort of dark twist to it. Um, it's a great concept and uh, you're sort of wanting them to kind of get out of there, reunite and figure out what's going on. So it builds the mystery incredibly well. Uh, then Daleks. Uh, the Emperor's really cool, big, booming Dalek. Um, it, even that moment, how did you survive the time war? They survive through me. A great moment. And that conversation that the Night Doctor has with the Emperor, even throughout that, that you know, uh, Chris Rex and Nicholas Briggs, great. This is great Doctor Villain thing. I love it. It's great. Uh, great emotional moment where the Doctor sends Rose home and sends his TARDIS to basically wither and die on Earth. That's yeah. quite, you know, it's got some great emotional moments. Uh, as you said, literally the scene with um, Rose and Jackie, even the scene in the cafe is like, you make a stand, you know, I, I, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And then them piecing together the bad wolf mystery. Uh, yeah, and the Daleks are cruel and mean in this and it's great. And Jack is a lot of fun too. It's a great end to the series. It's a great conclusion to the arc and the characters and everything. The Ninth Doctor makes the ultimate sacrifice by becoming David Tennant. Uh, I'm joking, I'm joking, but yeah, no, generally it's, you know, that War Games and Caves are probably like those are like the three yeah. top tier of regeneration. So. Yeah, I think as well. Um, as I think also the, the first part kind of gets sort of swept under the rug. I think the first part is actually very interesting. Linda with a Y, great character. 
definitely the android great character the the person that roses against in the weakest link game who comes across quite nice at the beginning and then turns out to be a massive dick and mm. what an arsehole and people want that guy to be the doctor which i think would be quite interesting Patterson joseph yeah Patterson joseph yes he was very good he's very he's very uh very um yeah, I think it's just very good. Um, one thing I don't like, um, obviously they didn't want they didn't, they didn't want Barrowman back or or Barrowman couldn't come back from the two. They just kind of leave him and sort of like, oh, poor Barrowman. <laughs> mm. um, I know they write it in Torchwood later on, but still, I suppose maybe that's why they did it, right? Because they wanted him to have his own spin-off. Yeah, I suppose they. Uh, uh, dumb. So but, it's it's kind of like, would you want him to have a spin-off or would you want him to carry on? It's kind of like, what would you rather? Yeah, um, I, I like Torchwood for the most part. There are there has problems, but there's there's some great bits for sure. What are you? Hmm. What are you? Would you? Yeah, no, I, I, what Torchwood? No, I, I definitely <laughs> like for the Torchwood way. I think it's great. Like, it, it also like because like not it, obviously Torchwood set in Cardiff, which is quite a prominence in terms of sort of Doctor Who anyway in terms of production and sometimes even in the story but what i like about that is obviously you have gwen who is the descendant of gwen from unquiet dead so there's this kind of doctor who and tosh and everything like that so it's a nice time to the doctor who world um it's kind of its own separate thing but also it do, it does neatly you know it's a nice kind of sister show to doctor who it acts kind of well series one you know it, it kind of it's kind of doing experimental but it's season two and series three where it's where there's some good stuff yeah, also really I know I know this isn't a review of Pine in the ways, but also that that speech is very good. Definitely, like, it's sort of really again, good. it's sort of, again, it's like that Chris Preston talking to the audience, explaining it, and sort of like change and all this. And before he goes, to say you were fantastic, and do you know what so was I? And the music by Murray is really good as mm. well. That that little stinger. This is a even the hologram speech in the in yeah. halfway through. It's great. Uh, the, only, the only but I don't like what that. Then obviously it's that's just me being like uh, an ass. But when he turns around to look at her, I'm sort of like. Uh, I know it's I know it's meant to be like a nice little like awesome yeah. sort of like, but it's like how did you know it's like but yeah no it's fine it's just me in the logic of the show it's me going what but yeah right here we go this way pissing people off 10th doctor time let's go baby right so you first me cool okay so I put my favourite is Midnight and yep my underappreciated is Gridlock yep my overappreciated Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. Yes. Same on that front. Right. Well done. Uh, underappreciated. I've gone for a two part of that. Pretty much no sense to anyone. I've been for Santara and Strategy and Poison Sky. Oh, um, no, you didn't go Evolution of the Daleks. No, I didn't. Sorry. And overappreciated. I I don't know where to go for this because there's so many, but I went with Waters and Mars. Okay. <laughs> I'm scared, but so um right. So what was your favorite? So so uh so my favorite my favorite oh was this my favorite? I didn't did do no, it. Which one was um, which one is I've decided so so my so my favorite um oh I again I was stuck here. I've got three on my phone, so I don't know what to pick. Right. I thought I thought over the time I'd think about it. I didn't. Um right, I didn't think quickly. Mm, so many. I could choose so many. I could have so much more. Uh, no, I'll go, with, I'll go with. I'll go with. Um, quick bat. I'll go with Johnny's uh, end. Okay. Um, it could. Yeah. It's the, the good. The thing about tenant, I'll say now, he's got some bangers, but he's also got some clangers, right? And not that kind from. Yes. But, right. So 
Underappreciated. Right, let's go for the overappreciated. Right, I okay. agree. I somewhat, I would say my second overappreciated would be Armin Ghost and Doomsday. So I'm with you on the level here. You're not going to agree with me on Waters and Miles. I already know that straight off the bat because I'm a lunatic. Um, but, right, should I go first or <laughs> on this one with the Waters so and Miles? So shall we... Well, over yeah, no, go for it. Over, over just just it rip, rip the band aid off. So, this is very similar to the City of Death thing, where I didn't get the specials box set for a while. Obviously, I didn't, I didn't watch it when it came out, so I, I was very much on catch up. I didn't get the box specials box because for some reason it was really expensive in the UK. We we had really strange releases for the box sets in the UK where we didn't get them like America. And for a while, series one to four had the new sleeves, but we never got the new sleeve for the specials to like a year and a half later or something like that. It'd be weird. So the only way you could get it was in the massive chunky box set. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was like 25 quid. And as a what at the time 14-year-old, I didn't have 25 quid in my pocket. I could spend the 9.99 or whatever it was to get the slimmer cases, which was just the case with the DVDs on their own. Um, so I did so everyone, I remember the Who Addicts, especially Matt Rowney, loves Waters and Mars. I remember watching those, thought all the YouTubers talk about how brilliant it was. I was like, I can't wait to watch this. And I watched it and I went, I mean, it's all right. Um, yeah, again, I think it's just a syndrome of when you have something so good in your head and you, you imagine how it's going to be and it just doesn't come out that way and you go, oh, I see why people like it, but, you know, it's just not for me. Um, like again, Wars Mars is not a bad story. I joke some people that I, I don't like it. it it's fine. It, 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 it's 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 a it's a decent story. It's okay for the time the time of Victoria's arc if you like that. But I don't like David Tennant being a stuck up prick um, in the in the specials. Well, no, but that's what the character becomes. You don't want to regenerate. It's it's all. Mm. Um, but it's so much so that the eleventh Doctor makes a joke about it, and I'm like, yes, Doctor, well done you. Um, but. But yeah, so so yeah, for me, Waters of Mars, it's I think I think it's it's style of substance again. I think I think the flood look great. I think in essence they are great. Um, gadget gadgets cool, um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I think the hype got this. The hype for this one, the hype for this one. I think it just brought, for that one. Yeah, just brought it down. You know. Okay. I would disagree. Uh, I suppose in that one. Um, in, ter- in terms of like, I think there are, I definitely think there's also a few more overrated in terms of tenant that I'd put probably, you know, that, I, that I'd say as opposed to Waters of Mars. But I just say there is some, it's a great base under siege. Lindsay Duncan's fantastic in it. it. It's one of, it's pretty much the best, you know, thing to come out post Journey's End, really, in terms of Doctor Who, in terms of the Temp Doctor era as well. Um, I think everything else around it's a bit sort of middling for me. Uh, but I think it, this one almost makes it up for, you know, ha- them having the specials and doing it that way. But yeah. Do you know what? Uh, I, I would also, I didn't put it as my underappreciated, obviously, but I would also say Planet of the Dead isn't as bad as other people say it is. But I suppose that's whether you like a bit of fun or whether you think it's just trite, which I know a lot of people think it is just meh. But I rather enjoy it. Maybe it's kind of like Lee Evans. But, there you go. And I like Daniel Kaluuya. So... <laughs> There you go. There you go. Um, but yeah. But no. Should I? Yeah, go on. Bird, may, yeah, may, Army of Ghosts and Ghost Doomsday. Right. Oh, you don't I wonder so. whether you think the same as me here. This is going to be interesting. I'm going to let you say what you right. think. Also, I think. Um, Army of Ghosts starts off and builds a nice kind of mystery of the ghosts and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Jackie's relative that comes back um, mm-hmm. and everything like that. There's some like neat stuff in there. 
Um, I think, do you know what the Russell T Davis era does? And I don't think I've really noticed it. Well, I've, I've, I've sort of cut, slightly noticed it, but then I watched the review and I kind of like, there's a lot of like news coverage. Yeah. Like, and there's a, I think there's like so much of that and you kind of miss it. There's like, I, there's, I think it's good to have it, but then I think this was the one where there was like so much like, um, there's so much like switch, so it's one of like different like broadcasters. It's good to like build the scale, to be honest. So it is good in that way, sense. But there's lots of weird like close ups of like that as well. It's, it's mouth but... sometimes. It's weird. Ma- yeah, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit OTT. That's, but I suppose that's more a nitpick, if anything. Um, yeah, uh, so I think there's, some, but then obviously I think the big part is that it's a story with the Daleks and the Cybermen. And the Cybermen draw the short straw. They really do. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And particularly when you think it's going to be like a proper Cyberman finale as well, because the Daleks, yeah. that's kind of the cliffhanger beat is when the Daleks come out of the void and everything like that. Um, and I think there's some good dialogue in the, you know, there's some fun, but yeah, it's a it comes off as a bit disappointing, really, um, and maybe it's tad overstuffed by the when it comes to sort of the end as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a bit it's a shame, really. Yeah, again, I think this is the quintessential reason when we say the most overhyped compared to the worst because there's no by by far not the worst David said story. It definitely has a lot of good things for it. I don't like the stylistic choice of Rose at the beginning narrating how she died. I think that's like yeah. it kind of takes it takes all I, if you know Billy Piper's leaving the show anyway, Tristan did, that's fine, you know that in the back of your head. But to be told, this is a story of how I died. It's like, oh well, great. Well now the ending's not as great. Like, you know. Um, but I think I think Graham Harper, who I think directed this might have been Joslin. Um, I think it was Graham Harper though. Uh, yeah. I think he did a great job. Um, apart from the weird mouth close up that he said. I think Mickey and coming back is great. I love the I love the reunion scene between Jackie and and Pete. Um, you know, the, I'm rich. How rich? Don't care. How much? You know, that's that's funny. Um, the fact the whole Jackie being Rose pretend thing. Um, that's kind of cool. It has its moments, but yeah, the, the biggest thing for me is that the ghost setup's really interesting and intriguing, and for them to just drop the Cybermen within the second part because the Daleks are here now. Um, it's sort of like, oh, great. Because the back and forth is really good. This is not war. This is pest control. Very good dialogue. But then the Cybermen can't even harm the Daleks. It's sort of like, well, what's the point? <laughs> like, you know, even if the Cybermen lost overall, which probably should happen anyway, let them harm the Daleks, you mm-hmm. know? Like, give them something. But, you know, yeah. I just, also, I don't care for the final scene on the beach. It, yeah, it's, it, it's a... Maybe it just it just goes a bit, you know, cheesier than cheesy, I suppose. Cheesier uh, than cheesy. But I like the very end, of course, when Donna pops up. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about it is the continuity error with the TARDIS changing colour. Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. The it's the change the set, but yeah, no, it's all it's all it's all good. Um, yeah. So do you want to go into underappreciated? Gridlock, macra. Do I, they exist? I, I said this earlier, didn't I? I said that it is underappreciated because it's in series three. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, this one's quite, it's quite a beautiful one. Uh, there's this kind of communi- communal or community kind of element of it where everybody's sort of trapped under. Um, there's like, there's, there's like, you have like this sort of car set, like every, you know, the car set and like the creativeness when the doctor's going from one to the other. You have the two old ladies, the Chasidi sisters, that's great. And you have like, I think there's a guy painted in red, I think. And there's like a bunch of like fun and interesting people under the belly of New New York. Um, 
stuck there. It's a, it's a fun concept. Uh, Martha's carjacked and, you know, uh, they're trying to, you know, get through traffic and everything. There's like, it's very atmospheric, definitely. I say a lot, but I say a lot about Doctor Who, but like it's very, so it's quite gloomy, but quite, um, because you're stuck there, you feel stuck there with the characters and there's a there's, there's like so many variety. I love that, it, you know, just shows how, how you know, and sort of expanding on New New Earth as well. I think it's great. Um, the, the face of Bone just makes me sad every time. Like, I, yeah. he's great. Knowing the revelation, Captain Jack is the face of Bo. I have, I'm still trying to find it hard to kind of piece that together because there's there's never really that bridge really because you never like oh you know where you kind of get it but at the same time you kind of like there's ne there's never really a Doctor Who thing where there was ever really that kind of I don't want to say Pascal for George I don't know but you know what I mean um, yeah I think I think it comes in the early half of series three and it's it's I don't know there's something about that one that just it's got the emotion it's got a great story and it's generally cool yeah no I yeah I'd agree with all that I forgot which one I said was underrated for Tenant I put like five which one did I say do you remember which one I outright said because I forgot oh my I was, god I oh like, I remember your favorite you said Journey's End yeah but, Journey's um, End yeah that's uh, I'll just come up with one you, on the spot now. I've got five. You should just agree with me and say gridlock. Gridlock, yeah, it's one. Um, I don't want to be like that though. Um, do you know what? Oh, I don't, Smith and Jones. I'll say. I suppose that's hey. on here. That's on here. Do you know that's what? That's good. That, yeah, I I agree with that. Do you know what? I prefer it to Partners in Crime. I don't know what people would like, but I think the Dudun on the Moon. I actually, I actually agree. I think the Dudun on the Moon a bit better than Addy Pose on Earth. Look, the best thing about Partners in Crime, just to like competitive, is the relationship between the Doctor and Donna. The issue is you don't get that until 25 minutes in. And once you do, it's great. But the first 25 minutes, it's a long, slow build-up. This one, you're straight into it. You know, you don't know everything yet, but you're slow into it. Also, I know the, the blood old lady is weird, but it, it's, it's camp Doctor Who fun. You know, yeah. If you can deal with space rhinos, you can deal with an old lady with a straw sniffing blood out. Um, I like unfortunately the thing this does start is the whole you know the whole kiss thing um, between Martha and the Doctor I don't like relationships with the Doctor and the companion I think it's weird um, but I think this is good I thought you know what oh you know I think it's fun I think that's the main thing I think it really introduces Martha it sets what's different between Martha and Rose very quickly there's a difference there I love the hospital setting because it just looked like a generic UK hospital, which is terrifying. Um, I love the whole little shop thing. I love the fact that she breaks the Dr. Sonic screwdriver. Um, I love the slabs. They're cool. Isn't it? Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Right. Yeah, we yeah. just got our favourites, right? Yeah, the issue with favourites is this is this is what people go, David Tent's overrated. However, he does have some stellar stories. We've kind of gone for both opposite ends of the spectrum, which is good because I've gone for like, the blockbuster, whereas you've gone for the, the pure writing side of, of, of what, what's good about the film. So we've kind of gone for both both the ends here. Um, you can go first. For Midnight. Oh, yeah. 
I rewatched this one a couple of years back, and I'm, I'm in my early twenties now. I'll just say that, and I genuinely felt watching that one. I felt the same kind of thrill and emotion and kind of scariness that I did. <laughs> I love you said you were early twenties and seen too old. Didn't say how much old you were. Oh, I am. Oh, that is old. Um, but you was like, you're, you're very youthful, sir. You're very Basically, what I was trying to say is this episode holds up the scare, the scariness, the uh, the claustrophobic sort of um, sort of car under siege or like space vehicle under siege. You know, it's it, it gives like a very claustrophobic element. Um, it, I, I quite there is that kind of fun element where you do get to sort of know everybody, and so by when uh, everything hits the fan. You, you you know you don't you m- might not know enough about everybody but you do get a sense of like the kind of people that they are and the decisions they make and you know like who to trust like what's going on and what to, they should do uh and you're, you're so in the people's heads in that great in that sense it's great like the supporting cast you've got colin morgan um in there you've got um patrick oh, leslie leslie Ah, oh, the person who plays Sky Silvestri, but you're she's like, you'll know this better than me, mate. Um, ha- happy from from Happy Valley, basically. Yeah. Uh, someone low. Uh, yeah, she's she's fantastic. Uh, brilliant, love it. Um, yeah, I think it's gen- it's it's an episode that absolutely holds holds up, and it, yeah. I think it will continue to hold up really because it's it's got the scares, it's got the thrills, it's got the Doctor being quite you know narcissistic as well. He's saying uh, how yeah. everyone's like, how are we getting out of it? And he's like, oh, because I'm clever. And he, but also he's scared and like he's come across to Daleks aside from men, but he's like terrified. Yeah. And it, it, he's very much it's, it's a more kind of restrained kind of doctor, it's a doctor, more more vulnerable doctor as well, which I think is really fascinating. It's far fascinating. Uh, when sort of put in a vulnerable state, sort of like Fourth Doctor Pyramids of Mars, where he's Sutex literally got him under his spell, really. So I love it when Doctor Who kind of puts the Doctor in a very vulnerable position. I'd agree. And I think this is the perfect example of how much Doctor Who can do with so little. Uh, you know, it's like a small cast, a proper base under siege, essentially, with them on, with, on, with them on this train, with a villain you can't really see. Uh, and just the build-up of the character interactions, tenants on fire. Um, you know, and when Tennant is good, he is good. There is no doubt. Um, but yeah, and also I think the sacrifice at the end is very telling, and I love the ending with the, the Doctor and Donna at the very end. There's a nice little scene. Don's not in this one much because Catherine was busy shooting turn left. Um, I assume anyway. Um, so they kind of they split these two off. Um, it's really good. I like it. I think it's really fun. It's not it's not fun, but in terms of it's proper storytelling. It's Pete T. Davis um, for me. And it's, it's That's good his name, though, Pete T. Davis. Yeah, Pete T. Davis. Um, but, you know, yeah, I think it's just it's superb. Uh, you know, th- those last six episodes in Series 4, you could have picked any of them to be the best category, to be honest. Whether you pick the library two-parter, you pick Midnight, Turn Left, or what I picked, which was the finale itself, the blockbuster event itself. And look, this is not the best story. In terms of, but it's the most fun. It's it's satisfying in almost every sense of the word. It's never dull. You can watch it over and over again. It's heartbreaking. It's everything, isn't it? It's basically the stolen earth is Infinity War. Journey's End is Endgame. Journey's End Game. There you Journey's go. Journey's End Game. But yeah, it's 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 like this 
fun blockbuster with every character for every Doctor Who show that you've seen um, in the RTG era with Sergei Adventures and Torture coming into it. It's great. Um, you have these great moments where the Doctor and Rose finally get together. You have the great cliffhanger, they've turned up regenerating, and then you have the really sad ending of of uh, you know Donna at the end, which you don't, which you, or every time uh, you know it's calm, saying one one will still die, and you don't know what they're talking about. But yeah, just awful. Um, I, and you, you get you get the really you get Davros, Julian Bleach, possibly the best portrayal of Davros since Genesis. Um, you know, yes. Unfortunately, Moffat did sort of ruin it in the series nine two part, but here Bleach is great, and I think it's it's just, it's fun, man. It's just it's it, it's it, it's going for big and it hits. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. It's very ambitious. It 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 ties everything together. It feels it. That's why I say like with the Infinity War and Endgame comparisons, it's been it's almost been building up to a kind of big kind of moment where. You feel like every, every kind of character's in it, threads, sort of story threads come together and, you know, everything like that. And it, it feels really rewarding, particularly if you start to watch from Rose and you've gotten to this very point. For the viewer, it's probably very sad. It's a very satisfying moment. And they, as you said, they go for big. Uh, you didn't think there was enough Daleks in Battle Particle Ways? We're just going to throw a dozen on the screen at the same time. And there yeah. you go. And we've got Davros and a Supreme Dalek and a sort of messed up Dalek in Dalek. Yeah. I mean, look, the best the best way to describe it is if the title sequence doesn't get you excited enough, I don't know what will. All those names in the title sequence alone are just... Yeah. That's just all you need. But now I think that, I think the thing that really makes this the perfect story is that there is stakes and you lose, possibly... It's probably the saddest companion exit yeah. to this day. In terms of pure writing, for me, it's not the one that hits the hardest because the next companion exit is the one that hits the hardest for me. But... Um, the performance of Catherine Tate, you know, the whole Charlie Chaplin, da, 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 that thing, and then she goes binary, binary, and you realise that, no, she is going to go, and you get the heartbreaking moment of, the Doctor doesn't have to kill her, but he has to take away, essentially, who she's become, and she has to revert back before the runaway bride, and it's sort of like, oh, no. And that scene of Wilf going, Bernard Cribbins is sensational, that 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 little one bit when you, go, when you see the Doctor at the door, and he goes, Donna? And it's like he doesn't know what's going on. It's sort of like, and then the doctor has that one good moment where he tells, uh, you know, Donna's Donna's mum, uh, what's her name? Sheila? No, it's not. What is her name? What's Donna's mum's name? Oh, uh, Sylvia. Sylvia. Uh, when he tells her that maybe you should like, you know, maybe you should maybe you should tell her that you value uh, once in a while. That sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. That's really good, and you get that moment. I'm so happy they cut that Cyberman scene out at the end because that would have really cheapened it. You know what I'm talking about, right? The Cyberman scene they cut at the end where the Cyberman pop up behind him. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy they, they, they cut that. You know, it's just, oh, it's heartbreaking, man, isn't it? Very. It, but it also, it's just grand. It's, it's like Endgame itself. It's grand. It's, 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 it's it, you know, it's, it's like the Endgame of Doctor Who. And I don't, I don't think in terms of scale, even the day of the Doctor, I don't think really hit the heights of this. Um, to be honest, mm. but there you go. That's my that's why I picked that. But I, I there's there's so many tenant stories you could pick because although tenant I would say it's overrated, his there are some belters in there. Yes. Yeah, just it's true. Oh, but, this is gonna be fun. Now we move on to your favorite doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. No, this is like the Tom Baker part, but it's but it's you. Yeah. So 
Okay, uh, I got to go first, haven't I? You I, and rightfully so. So uh, my favorite. Oh, I couldn't pick. I still can't. Uh, to, the, no. to this to this day, I still couldn't pick. Oh God. I'm still, I'm still, can you go first, actually? Because I can't do it. Are you I'm sure? Still, how, about, how about go undepreciated? Undepreciated. Oh, there was a few, but I did go with... I was thinking Rings of Akaten. That was almost one of them. I was like, maybe that's it. And then I thought, oh, no, there are a few that I, people don't like that I would like. I thought even undepreciated. Do you know what? I went with Rings of Akaten, but I was so close to saying Curse of the Black Spot. Um, but I went with Rings of Akaten. Overappreciated, right? Oh, I wanted to say the easy get out was dead adopter, but I didn't want to go there because it does succeed what it's trying to do. So I couldn't really say that. So I'm also the one that I think is slightly overappreciated is Doctor's Wife. Right. So obviously you got your underappreciated, overappreciated. Do you need more time with your favourite? I don't know, man. There's so many. If I if I say mine, maybe yeah, it might. Yeah, okay. Yeah. My favourite is uh, is a cliche, but I'm going with it. Vincent and the Doctor. Um, underappreciated. It. It's funny, actually, because you said Rings of Agaton. I've put Hyde as my underappreciated, which is the, 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 the other the Neil Cross. Seconds. Yeah, the other Neil the other Cross. Cross one. Yeah, yeah. technically, yeah. Overappreciated. I was thinking about it, and then I went, I think this one's probably liked a lot more than I think it is. And I put the Angels Take Manhattan. You bastard. Um, um, <laughs> no. Okay, yeah. No, I would say Vincent the Doctor is, is my favourite, but I will change it just for the sake of this, and I'll go, actually, I'll go 11th hour, I think. That was almost going to be on there as well. It's, it's, um, it's, it's one of those two, really. Yeah, so, right. I think I think we need to go for the underappreciated. Uh, no, the overappreciated. So, no, yeah, overappreciated, I think, first, because I think always better to be negative first than positive. Yeah, yeah. So... So I a lot of people would have gone. You would have gone Cold War. Uh, yeah, I know that. I know I don't like Cold War, but nobody nobody loves Cold War. People love the Doctor's Wife, and I don't understand why. I think I think look, in essence, it's a beautiful story, but I watched it recently. The issue is there's not much stakes. House is great, but he's not in it very much. You imagine he's in it more than he is. Mm. Michael Sheen's brilliant. Saran Jones is brilliant. Matt Smith's brilliant. They're all brilliant, but there's not much to it. And I think it's great. It's solid. It's like a 7.5 out of 10. But I would say that because it's Matt Smith's era and I love it. But yeah, it's just, ugh. it's it's not as good as people say it is. Uh, I think there's definitely a lot better in Series 6 alone than there is with The Doctor's Wife. It's it's better than that gang of shit, though. That is awful. Um, and I know you agree with me on that, don't you? Um, yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, because literally we were doing the watch song, which comes out this Friday, actually. And the next time I come on, and I think a few of us went, oh, for fuck's sake, no, next time. No. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so The Lord's Wife is solid. It's fine. I'm not going to say anything more on that because I can't say I don't like it because I do. But it's just not perfect. That's what people think it is. All right. Right. So you're overappreciated. The Angels take Manhattan. Um Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Is that where we end it? All right, underappreciated. No, no, of course, say your piece. I'm joking. Um, All right, so um, this was the bit I, I almost went there, Doctor. As you, but as you said, it succeeds in you know celebrating Doctor Who. Maybe not all of it, but you know it's hard to please everybody. But you know, I think H. M. Manhattan. I like the departure, but everything leading up to the departure is a bit. 
meh, I suppose. Um, I, I like, I think is you know, the winter key, the fact that, you know, the sort of, they sort of, obviously they do zap back people in time, but then they sort of grow up in that bed as there's this, there's this kind of coolish ideas in there, the cherubs. I think, this, I think that's the thing, it's sort of, you think it's cool, it's coolish. It's like the, stat, the Statue of Liberty um, angels a bit, that's a bit strange, considering New York's a city that never sleeps and no one's going, oh my God, what is this statue that's moved from Staten Island all the way over here? And you're like, there's, there's some weird like stuff. Also, River slapping the doctor because he healed her hand and then she's like, oh, you're being a bit sentimental. I'm like, what? There's some yeah. strange character yeah. and dialogue choices. Yeah. Um, that just lead up to it. The departure itself on its own isolated bubble is great. It's yeah. bittersweet. Even the stuff following the departure of the doctor reading the foreword, and then you cut back to younger media at the end, everything comes full circle and it works. Everything that leads up to that scene is questionable. And it's, I think it's, it's half measures really. There's some like decent, you know, back and forth. And you kind of feel like maybe the companion should have left earlier, almost like a Clara thing. Like maybe at the end of series six is where Amy and Rory should have left really. I think it's gotten to the point. Cause also like before that you have, it's to start off with the series, you have a sign for Daleks where they divorce and then get back together in the same yeah. episode. And then they kind of trundle about for a few adventures before kind of leaving at the end. And it doesn't really feel, it, and the payoff is great. And you kind of feel like they should have that moment at the end of series six and then completely, you know, start fresh with series seven. Yeah, no, I'm with you, um, but I'm not. Like, I get, I get all your points, and they're all correct. However, <laughs> however, no, but you know what I mean. Because I would say the same thing about the hand of fear, but I assume you have a connection with the hand of fear. Where I, I, think, I, it's, I think, I think, it's I know because I think hand of fear, fair, is, mm. I think hand of fear is boring, apart from the departure and isolation, right? So I, I get what you're saying, but I think it's it's a character piece. I'm connected to those characters. I'm connected to them as a, as a group. Yeah. And I particularly love it. It's the same reason I really like Tyler Doctor, even though Tyler Doctor has issues, like a lot of them. This has a lot of issues, like you said. The Statue of Liberty being an angel, that makes no goddamn sense because people would notice it. The whole... He literally um, says the city that never sleeps. And yes. You're like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, you should, what, what you say of me. But I, I don't know, man. It's you know when you're emotionally connected to something, you kind of like, like yeah. you kind of it's like that sounds weird, but you know what I'm trying to say. I, I just love this group. I think the finale's awful in terms of like emotionally. Like I cry every time. Um, I just want like I want to go into bed, just go in the fetal position, and just weep for hours and then. Um, but no, it makes it I, more disappointing though that the I, ending of the story is great and then everything you it, know everything goes a bit. Do you know what's bad? I'd give the story a nine point five out of ten, which I know it's not that good. I, I know, five, I know, I know you would. I know a lot of people would, and I, I get why. But oh, I'm just. I can't forget the pre-credit sequence of the detective, and like you kind of think, oh, I, 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 I get it, and I like it, but mm. yeah, I understand. I, just, I get it. Also, though, it's fun. Anyone that's listening now, we've been going for almost three hours. If you're still listening. Trooper, we got, we got a couple. We got, we're nearly there. Man. I know, I know, I know. I all, all I figured out is I'm definitely ordering takeout this evening, um, <laughs> because I probably won't get to after editing this, not loading it. I probably won't be eating till about half eight, nine o'clock. So, yeah, yeah. Um, right. What's next? We've done the negatives. 
Positive. Let's do underappreciated. Underappreciated. I went with Rings of Akaten. People say the story is just a speech. I disagree. I think I think that's wrong. I think I I because you're you agree with this this, this you agree. Oh, with I agree. This. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I I think the only thing that kind of make no sense. I think people saying that the leaf makes no sense and it's wrong. I don't think they're really getting it. I think Mary Gallell, the actor that plays her, she is one of the best child actors in that side of who for sure. Um, I really like I would like the look of Akaten. It's quite many times, especially in the Moffat era, we go to a location and we explore it for what it is. And mm. the Doctor just goes to a location for the sake of going somewhere. You know, we get that in Venice, but that's not just Venice. It's not, it's not a space planet thing. Um, yeah. You know, I, I like it. I love also the speech. Perfect. Like I know it just is. Um, I, yeah, it's not It's not great, but again, it's not going for greatness. It's going to be a solid part of a story, and that's what it's trying to be, and it does that. There's my piece. You know, I can't really say more than that because it's not It's not a grand story. It's Clara's second story. It's trying to be Shakespeare code for Clara. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just trying to introduce her to the world, essentially. Yeah, that's, that's my piece there. It's, yeah, nice. it's solid. It's not It's not the sixth worst story in Doctor History or whatever it was in that 2014 DWM part. That was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. awful, that, wasn't it? I look forward to the next poll. Um, I'll, I'll say that'll be that'll be very when interesting. When do they do it? Every ten years. I hope they do it soon. I, I don't know if they'll do it after the sixtieth, maybe or something. I don't know, because obviously we're on to sort of the last Matt Smith, so they'll include include Capaldi and then Whitaker. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So you're underappreciated from the same writer who's just great. Like as you said, I like uh, I like Rings yeah. of Actors. Definitely should be sure on it. Uh, definitely like Rings of Acker 10. Very good. Very, um, it's the one episode uh, in series seven where um, I think Clara's great, actually. I quite like her in this story. Um, yeah. Do you, want, do, you want my unpopular, do, you, do you want my unpopular opinion? I think Clara's a lot better in series seven than she is in the rest of the show. Oh. Maybe just Rings of Acker 10 alone uh, for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Hyde. It's really cool. It's spooky. There's, yeah. uh, it, it's it's uh, it's got a good like. There's a good. I like Jessica Raiden, um in it. She's she's wonderful and great. And there's a nice relationship between her and the the other bloke. Um, it's it's it it, it it involves a bit of time travel, which I quite like. The time travel element, um, uh, sort of tracking back through time and um, Matt Smith saying Meta list wrong. Uh, yeah, but they made they made him re, they made him reshoot it, didn't they? Because he said it right, and then they made him redo it, which is the weird thing. I think so. Yeah, which is weird. I don't get it, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Hyde. I think it's really cool. I think I like. I, I know people don't like the intro. I kind of like the cheesy intro with with them going like, "Who are you?" and Clara goes, "Ghostbusters." I think that's cool. Again, Clara yeah. Clara's really good in this one as well. I like Clara in this story yeah. as well. Um, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of cool that Verity Lambert pops up as well from Adventures Most of the Time. Adventures of Time. Yeah, um, I like their love story. Um, I think I think I think I think I think it sort of loses itself in the sci-fi ness of it. It turns out it's not a monster; it's a person. I sort mm. of go, I sort of go, 
oh, couldn't it have been a ghost, but they're going to it's Doctor Who. So it's going to have that sci-fi element. But I understand for some people, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, you know, people want it to be a proper ghost story, mm. but that's not what Doctor Who is. I suppose that part doesn't really bother me that much. And also, I'm just trying to figure out how much of the Adventure Space and Time crew, until the cast, rather, have popped up in Doctor Who subsequently. You have David Bradley, uh, obviously Sasha Dewan, and then uh, Jessica Rain. So I'm just like, where's, what about the rest, man? What's going on? Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, we just need to get more of them in there. Um, still, let's get them all in. Um, yeah, so Hyde's good. Hyde is good. I think Suicide Part B might be, if we were able to input eras, but I think that's the most underrated era. Because although it's got your ploppers, like, I'm trying to be moss now, um, but ploppers like uh, Nightmare and mm. Silver, which is, which is, which is bad. Um, you know, it's also got some solid stories in there. Um, but yeah. I, th- I agree with you. Right now, best time. I I, I love both these, so I'll be I'll be overwhelmingly positive. Um, here we go. I know you're going to disagree on mine because I'm going to say the eleventh hour is the best post regen story ever. Um, and I know you'll disagree. You probably it's think, up there. You'll probably think robot or something like that. Um, I love robot. Or spearhead. No spearhead. Even nah. Power of the Daleks. Nah, sorry, eleventh hour for me. Um, because do you know what? This had an almighty job. It not only had the, a new showrunner, a new doctor, but a new producer, new companions, new everything. And that's something that those really don't have apart from Spearhead. And I will give Spearhead that. But at least, but I think as well, it's a lot difficult to change a show in the modern era because there's more competition now. If people, people were literally, the BBC was so worried about Doctor Who post-tenant, they thought about cancelling it. No, but that's how bad. And you know what? This, I think, as a viewer, I wasn't at the time, but this must have reassured people that no, this is this is going to work. I think Prisoner Zero, although not the most outstanding villain, is this is just a very good and useful opening villain for for the Doctor, the Ent Doctor. It's not it's not overwhelming. I think it's really cool. You get Olivia Coleman in it. You get the guy watching porn. It's funny, you know. Like, yeah, is that a bit of an edgy joke for kids? Sure, but will kids get it? No. Um, so it's fine. It's it's not like the don't cremate me thing, where it's like, you know, where it's like, oh yeah, they understand what death is, and you know, but they won't get. Don't look at my laptop. Get a girlfriend. That's the joke that adults will get, and kids won't. Um, I think that's done right. Obviously, uh, Amy in the police costume is something uh, that some people would enjoy, um, but also as well, I think the only person that I think is underserved here is Rory. But then again, that's kind of sums up in at least the beginning of series five because it's a character that grows. Um, yeah, I think as well, I like the coma stuff. I think that's really smart. It looks great. I know there's an accidental lens flare in there, but that scene is beautiful. The doctor trying out the food is hilarious. Yeah, just all, all good stuff. There's not, it's not perfect in terms of, but it's damn near perfect. Groovy. So, uh, I should go for Vincent and the Doctor. Um, my God, can an episode be both visually and emotionally beautiful? I mean, yeah. this this one this one gets it, man. This one hits the heartstrings. Uh, Tony Curran is superb as Vincent Van Gogh. Uh, it uh, shows. Um, it's it, it's it's sort of. It, it, it had a lot to say about mental health as well, and it's it's um, 
it, it's a tough one. It's a really sort of tough watch as well. It's one of the sort of toughest episodes to really sit down. You really got to be in the mood for this one, particularly mm-hmm. with the, the emotions and everything. And Tony Curtis is one and only. Um, Richard Richard Curtis, sorry. Oh, yeah, you've Curtis. Richard, I mean, Richard Curtis wrote this one and it's beautiful. It's his one and only and he should definitely come back because he's honestly great. Um, Bill Nighy's there and he's he, he's cool. Um, uh, the Crefeus, which I think a lot of people say is it a pointless monster, but I think it hits home the point a bit more. It's like a monster that only Vincent can see because it's almost a metaphor for his kind of depressed, his sort of mental state, which is like, oh my god, like you know that that whole that whole element. It's 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 kind of trace. It's 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 a brave of them to do that. Essentially, it's really brave of them to yeah. go to go that route. It's fantastic. Um, it's bold. Um, there's some beautiful stuff when Vincent gets to see all the work he has done, all the paintings, how loved they are, how beloved for many years and everything like that. And yeah. then I, I think what, what, what hits at home, because it's pretty much one of the last moments is when you see the sunflowers and then for Amy Vincent, uh, the score by Murray Gold's great. Even the song uh, Athlete Do Chances used wonderfully. Um, it sums up the beauty of what Doctor Who could do with stories. And I freaking love this one. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. Um, yeah, I can't top it. All I can say is that people that don't like this one, I would understand why. Um, for me, it hits home, like you said. It's it's the perfect thing of just storytelling in every sense. And you can't really get better than that. Uh, Tony Curran's what makes it, I suppose. I think if he is Vincent didn't work, our story would fail, but he's beautiful he's probably my favorite historical guest star or like his guest or rather my favorite guest star who's played a historical figure in Doctor Who mm-hmm. yeah just I cry every time and I you know and that's that's testament to that isn't it you know so yeah nothing more to say on that just yeah can't can't disagree that is the Matt Smith era wrapped up and now um, two more doctors two more doctors I, I know you guys are excited for the last one but we got one more to go Mr Capaldi um, Indeed. Right. So, best, most overrated, most underappreciated. What is it? You or me? I forget. You, you go first. I go first. Cool. So for me, the best one is probably going to be no surprise to most. It's the Doctor Falls in World Enough and Time. Underappreciated. I'll go with Smile. Not the best, but I'll get into that. An overappreciated. Ho ho ho! Heaven sent. Okay. I've changed mine at last minute. My favorite, I've changed my favorite at last minute, rather, because uh, I, w- I was debating, but um, I think on reflection, I kept thinking about it. I think this one sticks on my, my favorite is Mummy on the Orient Express. Understandable. Uh, my underappreciated is Under the Lake Before the Flood. Understandable. Overappreciated is the Zygon Invasion and the Zygon Inversion. Understandable. I would, I would agree. Right. I'm gonna do my. I'm gonna do the overrated one first because I want to explain Heaven Sent. Okay. I really like the story. I really like it, but I don't think it's top tier Capaldi. Um, I think it's like eight out of ten, nine out of ten. I think. I think some people feel the same way, right? I feel like unanimously, it's a beautiful. Rachel is probably the most beautiful Capaldi story in visuals and the way that the idea of it, the concept. Rachel Talele does a great job in this, uh, no doubt. And I think Capaldi's probably doing the best he can. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna go. I, there's nothing more to say on that because I don't dislike it. I just don't. I don't see it in that higher echelon that some people do. Right. 
it's not one that I go, oh yeah, people like it and I don't like it. It's more, I like it, don't like it as much as certain people. Mm. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling the same way about the Zygon Two Power. To be honest, like I I like um, there's some good moments in there. Uh, the Earth, the whole Earth invasion, the Zygon Clara Bonnie things, decent. There's some kind of interesting stuff there, but I suppose overall, I I don't know if it's like, um, yeah, it, it it's I suppose it's one I've never really gone back to. It's not one I felt I feel it has that rewatchable factor in it in terms of like unit stories there's some there's some i suppose better stories for them but uh generally um i don't know i think it, it's got it's got scale like the whole you know the scale of it is it's good but then also i just remembered it's got dr funkenstein and dr disco and it's it's got some really strange character stuff but even the the Browser history gag, which is a running gag in like Moffat stuff anyway. Don't look at uh, my browser history. It, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit. I don't, I don't know really, but yeah. Apart from some post-post some isolated moments, on the whole, I don't find it as like rewarding as some others. I'd say. No, I'd agree with that. I think cannot. Again, no complaints from Speech me. Speech is good though, I suppose. Yeah, just it does a job, doesn't it? And does that yeah. job? Does that job well? Um. Can't it's hate. at home. It, you cannot. I uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a bad story. I think even. I think the issue is is that it's sort of it's sort of like a one stop shop. I'd say this is sort of where the speech does over compensate people's thoughts and opinions on it because that I would say so. Yeah, that speech is incredible. Um, I also mm. don't think. I think the story is unnecessary. In a sense, because it's sort of it does it kind of does what the Dead the Doctor does, but this should be a series eight story, not a series nine story. Like you should be you should be reacted upon the Zygons earlier or just not bothered. <laughs> you know, it feels like way too late. Like I would I didn't think of I this was a burning question I had, like, oh what happened with the Zygons and the Doctor? I just kind of forgot. And this yeah. point I at this point I can say that because at this point I was watching. Um so <laughs> But no, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not bad, but it's not as great as people say. Mm. Right. So now let's go. Should we go? Let's go. Uh, underappreciated, I think. Um, I went smile. Um, this one's just solid, isn't it? But I think series ten is so good. People f- kind of forget about this one, and it's kind of just your typical who story. But it does that so well that it's worth it. Um, I watched this one recently, like a week ago, maybe. I think it's great. I think Bill's great. I think the Doctor's great. I think the emoji bots are actually somewhat terrifying. I like the fact that the the building is alive. I think that's a great concept. I like the whole you have to smile, otherwise the emoji bots kill you. Uh, I think it's great. It's much better than Frank Cottrell Boyce's other Doctor Who effort, which was in the Forest of the Shite. Um, yeah, just very just solid stuff. Nothing, not great, but not not bad either. Just very solid, very fun. A great way to spend forty five minutes on a Saturday evening, which is what this would have been. Anything to add? What do you think? No, no, I, 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 I'd, I'd go with it. I'd agree, hundred percent agree. There we go. Uh, and underappreciated, under late before the flood. Yeah, Toby Warehouse did a strong and fun two-parter, which um, it, they're both they're both different kind of different parts because you have your kind of uh, literal underwater base on the siege, which is kind of a term that. We use a lot for a lot of Doctor Who stories, but it's it's great. But and also you have the kind of time travel element 
in uh, in the second part. Uh, it's a very it's a very creative way of using the two part format, um, and uh, you get to sort of see seeing Gibbous in the second part before because you know that he's obviously that you know an underwater creature. You know he's there at the beginning, and then yeah. you know seeing everything, everything, or every literally everything before it happens is, it's great. It's a it's a great. Um, I think it's quite tight as a two parter. Uh, it's, it's a great cast, great band of characters. I quite like O'Donnell, who I think should have traveled with the Doctor. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, she she's fun. There's 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 some. It's a very likable cast and very likable characters that you know, um, when they do die, it's quite like oh that's a shame. You no. do you feel that? Um, <laughs> yeah, it is so, a little bit, isn't it? It's sort of like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you again. Um, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, I think the Fisher King is great. I don't think he's anything that kind of doesn't work for me because he's underused. He's got sort of built up and then dropped. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I understand that. I think we, it would be fun to see the Fisher King early in the story, but yeah. I do like it when he does turn up because it's Sarah Funnowitz doing the voice. Yeah, it's great. All good. Smiles from me. Like it, it's it's series series nine is either a Marmite series. I think people really love it, or really hate it. I lean more to the negative side for me, um, but it's what people like, isn't it? I think I, I think the two parters are some of the worst bits. So like I think the Dalek two parter is abhorrent in the early bit. I think this is all right. I think Go Double When He Lived isn't technically a two-parter, but it kind of is, and I think that's bad. The Zygon mm. two-part is fine, and then it gets good towards the end. Ish. Ish. Series nine. What could have been? Oh, Sleep No More's in there. Oh, no, no, yeah, they didn't get good towards and the Hell end. Oh. Poor Capaldi, man. He got one good series. Um, yeah, he did. Right. There we go. Best stories. I've gone for the traditional one. I suppose we've gone for two traditional ones here, really, because people love both these stories. Let's talk about Mummy quickly, because I've done it on the podcast already. Um, just, yeah, it's just it's stellar, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's a, it's. Uh, I like the kind of um, the mystery behind everything. Capaldi's great in the costume. He's, he, he's, very, he's very much... Um, so, like a John Perry, Tom Baker figure, um, you know, up up to really figure figuring everything out, and it's doing, and it's not messing around. It's sort of like you know, make trying to make as much of the moment to, um, you know, he he's also like Perry Mars. It's like that scene. He's not really, you know, when someone dies, he's like right. It's kind of quickly move on so because you know, gotta, yeah, we, we got to go. Like you can't. Yeah, you got. We got to like go. We got to figure this all out before anyone else like dies kind of thing and I like the bravado that Capaldi provides I think that's probably probably Capaldi's I think you know in terms of like this is probably like the best first story to is the best first like kickoff it's like this is Capaldi's Doctor at, at, at a peak really in terms of the 12th Doctor um and the, the I, I like the kind of pastiche of the Orient Express and space which is finally done after like the end of series five when it's kind of teased I and mean, then suddenly it's revisited like a few seasons later. It's, it's crazy how long it took, but, but there you go. Uh, just, so I don't, just, I... just so I don't contradict myself either, I think this is done better because in series five it was a joke and it was yeah, like, yeah. sort of like a, an unknown. It was sort of like you didn't have to do it because you could just imagine that they went on that adventure. You didn't have to see yeah. that one. Whereas with the Zygon one, they were like, oh yeah, we're going to leave this open. And then Moffat just was like left it for a year and a bit. Yeah. And like, oh, didn't need to do it. In terms of like 45 minutes, it's, it's I think... It moves at a blip. Fun. It moves at a blip. Definitely. 
Definitely. Um, yeah. Right. For me, uh, I, got, I went for another traditional one. Um, Doctor Fools, One Enough in Time. Oh, mate, it's great, isn't it? If this was the regenera- if this was the regeneration story, it would have been up there with the others. Part of the ways. Agreed. War, war games. If this was it, but do you know what the sad thing was? It wasn't it, was it? No. <laughs> and it was a shame because it should have been. The only thing that lets us down is the bill ending with the water lady. I don't think that needed to happen. Would have preferred it if Bill died. I know that's psychotic, but it's just, just, just would have been better, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, but apart from that, I cannot fault the story. I love the Cyberman War. I love the master, master stuff. I even like the weird flirting between the two of them. I know people didn't like that, but I thought it suits their psychoticness. The, doc, the master would kind of find a female version of himself attractive because they don't like they don't do too much to make it like you know like too weird. It's just like a bit like oh, Christ's sake. I think Bill's shock death is superb. Um, actually, I love Missy's start where she's like, "I'm Doctor Who." Um, I think that's great. There's just there's so much to love here, isn't there? It, it, it's just good stuff. That's it. Yeah, no, this is one I absolutely adore. Yeah, um, it's a great multi-master story. It's a great Cyberman story. Mm. It's a great, it's a great finale in a way. I, I, I call it finale to both Bill Potts <laughs> and the Twelfth Doctor and Nardole. Um, yeah. you, I, I, you consider Twice Upon a Time as that epilogue that didn't ever happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a shame. Even Nardole gets a romantic subplot in this, which is great. Him and his glass nipples. Um, right, should. Should we move on to probably the controversial side of this? Because the thirteenth, I, I don't know where this could go. We could agree or we could heavily disagree. Okay, right. Best fight. So I'll let you go first because I'm more positive okay. in this era than you are. Okay, my favorite, and it is a genuine favorite. It takes you away. Agreed. Underappreciated, and I don't know if many people agree with me. The ghost monument. I didn't put it there, but I would say it's one of the underappreciated ones. And overrated. This one was hard, but then I kind of feel like I might have to go with my gut on this one and save the timeless children. All right, cool. Right, I'm going to get some stick myself. All right, so my favourite takes you away. Underappre- nice. Underappreciated. I was, I was, I was in between. I went with Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, um, and then my least favourite. Almost overappreciated. I went fugitive with the Jadoon. Okay. I know that one's gonna be like everyone's gonna go, oh, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, for right, let's do let's do actually let's end it on a negative. I wanna I wanna that's let's, let's have right, some okay. fun. Let's have some fun, shall we? Fugitives uh, going up against Thomas Jordan. This is gonna be great. Yeah, the two the two that everyone either like or really don't like. I like so we're kind of opposites. I feel like you like fugitive. I like Fugitive, and, yeah. and I like Time of the Children, <laughs> which you don't like Time of the Children, and I like Fugitive. No, 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 no. That one's hard to say. But yeah, so that's all that takes you away. Um, a beautiful story, I think, legitimately. I think it's just beautiful. It's it's sort of where Ryan and Graham should have left. I mean, you could, you could have kind of kept them to resolution, I suppose, actually. That's, I suppose that's a fair point, because... Yes. I think I think resolution should be where they left, because you at least, although I don't like Radscribe Carlos, you do get the bit with Tim Shaw and then resolution with Ryan's dad. That should be where they left. But um, yeah, this is kind of like the bookend to the Grey story arc, um, which was kind of like the overwhelming story of series series eleven. The only really good bit about series eleven uh, was Graham and Ryan's sort of relationship and them growing. 
and this is kind of the peak of that. You get the granddad moment, all the memes of people at the pubs were like celebrating after he said that. I remember that at the time, but also just the story of this this world and this dimension where the people that you love are coming back. And it's a beautiful thing because I think it's something that we all want, but we know we can't have. Mm. It's, it's moments like Grey and realizing that that isn't Grace, that's somebody else, that's not the woman he fell in love with. Heartbreaking moments when you say goodbye, things like that. It, it's horrible, isn't it? Also, that, that girl who is the Professor Blind girl who is actually blind and was is an incredible actor. Mm. Um, just does a great job. I do you know what I was saying strange. I like the frog on the chair. I think it's weird, and I like weird, and I think it's fun. Mm. I'm, <laughs> um, I'm just disappointed it wasn't a puppet. That's that's you know that, that, that's just me. Wait, what? Wait, wait. So wait, was that? Wait, was it CG? Yeah, was it? No, I, 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 or rather, I meant I'm, I'm sad it wasn't a muppet. Oh, okay, right. I'm sorry. I was like, what? I was like, oh, yeah. I, I understand that Kermit on. I remember Kermit on the chair being the meme at one point, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, Kermit was. Kermit is the solid tracks. Um, this film pleases mm. me just like it did Rose. And I remember though that was yeah. I also think Jodie's incredible in the story. Not that I don't dislike. I don't. You're not a massive fan of Jodie's Doctor, but um, I like Jodie. I think she's cool. I understand why you have your problems, but I I don't know. She, she just seems really fun. I'd like she's to great have, here. I'd like she's to have, great here. Do you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna defend Jodie's Doctor by saying she's a Doctor that I'd like to travel with. Just for she seems like she'd be fun. <laughs> Maybe she's not great in a television drama, but as a as a as as a as a as a Doctor, she seems like a hoot. Um, but yeah, I'd agree. I think it's brilliant. It's got the stakes, got the drama. I think it's it's obviously it's Ed Himes. Is it Ed Himes? Is he the one that is? I want to get. I think it's it his is. best. Yeah, it's it his is better Hime. script. Even though I don't hate Orphan Fifty Five as much as other people, um, which I've stated before, I don't think it's great. But I think you're in the same boat as that, right? You don't hate it as much as other people who think it's like a, like the worst. It's cheese. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Isn't it? Um, yeah. So it takes you away. I'd even say it's like. It's like a nine out of ten. But like, genuinely, I think it's one of the only one Jodie stories that could be up there with some of the, not the great greats, but like if we're doing like yeah. a tier list, it'd be like a second tier type. Mm. Um, right, underappreciated. Yeah, I went Nikola Tesla here, and this is also the only one from series twelve that I would say could be in that second tier on the tier list because Goran Viznich, I think that's his name, I think is my second favorite historical actor. Not he's nowhere near Vincent, yeah. but but you can't really touch Tony Curran as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And do you know what I just think I also think Jodie's really good here. Um yeah. as well. I think her back and forth with Nikola Tesla is amazing. Um and I really like it. I I like the Skithra. I know they're just a weird Ragnos, but there's something about uh I can never get her name right, but but Rani from the Sarah Jane Adventures. It's something about her performance, the Skithra Queen, there's that sass to it, which I like. I like their Ravengers. I think it's really cool. I think Yaz is great in the story. I know you're a big fan of Yaz for reasons. Um, but you know, I think I think that's really good. I like how they split the companions up. I think Graham's really good. This looks amazing. I actually like the color grading in this story. It's gonna go for like a sepia tone, only like lightly, but I think it works. I think it's one of the only ones as well where where you know the weird cameras they chose for series 12 look actually nice. Um, unlike that scene in the TARDIS thing with Jack, which where it looked a bit wonky. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. I really, I think it's just solid. Who? I think it's just solid. I don't think it's like amazing, but I think like, any historical episode, I think it leans on how good this the historical character is. And I think Goran Viznich is a great job. It was also great in the boys until he got killed off. Raise your freshers to to his character in the boys. Um, mm. Right, and underappreciated, you went with again the ghost the, monument. The ghost monument. Right. So um, I think it's a story. I think. Like it starts off really well when they're all in space and um oh it's got uh, the best fast the, five minutes of any Jodie story yeah it's separated it's directed well and it very much you know puts you on the edge of the seat and you kind of feel like oh nice we're throwing some 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 some, some classic Doctor Who action um obviously you know following off from the first Earth-based story um in the Woman Who Fell to Earth uh I think this is great it's kind of a really cool opening to like the second episode akin to sort of something like enemy the enemy of the world end of the world and um arc in space where uh the dynamic you know there's setting sh- uh, shifts and we go somewhere else and it's uh really cool so like in terms of the introduction to the story it starts off really well and i love the ending to the story as well uh with the tar with them being reunited with the doc being reunited with tardis um and uh got some great moments there as the companions go in and um it's sort of the first reveal of that set and it's really cool it's really nice it's like and this is sort of where everything's gonna it almost feels like um like a loose two-parter with the first one because you know every the doctors there the companions are there they're in the tardis off they go um that's that's it for the rest of the series uh so I like that. Everything in between, I don't mind. I even don't mind a scene where Ryan goes out, you know, shoots those sniper bots, like Call no, of Duty style. No, because I think it's cool, because I think anybody that age would do that. People, yeah, no, no, people, I agree. People say it's cringy, but, like, if you're, like, a, a like a Call of Duty player or you like playing, like, yeah. GTA, you're, it's like your dream to go out and shoot some, like, yeah. NPCs and things like that. You know, and I, I think agree. I think that's, I think that's the moments where toasting shot. But I get as an older viewer, you go, well, "That's just cringy." But I suppose that's kind of why, like the relatability of a young companion kind of suits, right? And I think mm. that's kind of sort of why Graham is the most liked because of the family audience. People can relate to Graham a lot more. People are age find him funny because it's Bradley Walsh off the chase. People find him funny just because it's Graham. Whereas you know Ryan in moments struggles. I think Ryan is actually a very good character in Series Eleven and gets a bit too much stick. Series 12, I get it, because he's got no purpose of being there and he's sort of just there. Um, but Series 11, I think he's actually a really good character. And these moments he has are really good, you know. I, I actually like Ryan Series 11 a lot. I think it's really good. Um, and I like the fact that he plays... I like the fact, yeah, I like the fact that Chibnall did go for a dysfraxic storyline, but he didn't overdo it. Because yeah. people said that he underdid it, but as someone that lives with disability, it doesn't affect you every single thing. So if every single episode... Ryan went, I'm doing, I've got dysfraxia, I can't do X, Y, Z. It would have halted the storyline. I also want to give a quick shout out to the Witchfinders as well, because I almost went for that with Underappreciated. I think that's a great, great story. I think Series 11 is slightly underappreciated in of itself. I think the, the only issue it has is that the, the things it's going for that are big really don't work. The little like one-offs are very solid and work quite well, but when it like goes like a big story beat, it struggles, um, I think. That's how I'd sum up. Right, dislikes. Here we go. Thomas Children versus Future of the Dune. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna go for mine first. I think Future of the Dune is a is a blank story, and the only thing that makes it good is the reveals. Um, <laughs> now I'm gonna be honest. If you didn't have those surprises of Ruth Doctor and or Jack in it, would anyone care? No. Um, look, the Dune are great. I love the whole stuff in the cathedral when he shoots the old lady. Compensation for your weapon, great. All is Alan, great. 
everyone knows my problems with the Ruth Doctor. The review is fine. I get it. But I don't know, man. There's something about it. It's just not for me. I also don't like, I think, Chip, I think Chibnall or Vinay Patel didn't really do Jodie a favour by making this Doctor so put on the, the complete opposite to Jodie because I think it does just throw up that conversation, which is a conversation we, we shouldn't be having of we prefer Joe Martin. I think that kind of does a disservice to Jodie, but you can say, well, that's the writing's fault, which it totally is, but they put themselves in that position. Um, I think the companions have nothing to do in this story. Like, ow. They get shipped to a storyline for... They get shipped for a storyline. They're essentially... In a, they're, they're in essentially... They're in the next time trailer. That scene where Jack is essentially just setting up the finale. Um, although that moment is great, it's like... Mm, it's like when you play a video game and the whole crux of the video game is leaning on the story. As soon as you know the, the reveal, you don't care as much. You, you find it a bit hollow. And yeah, it's, it moves at a blip because of everything that's going on. But as a story, I think people go, oh yeah, it's the best of Jodie's era. I'm like, I don't see that as a story. I think that what makes it is it's revealed, which is great, but I would never go back to it in the bubble. If I was doing a social rewatch, really I'd watch it and enjoy it, but it's just not as good as people say it is, in my opinion. Fair enough. Do you know the funny thing is, it's like, I feel like if you did take the reveals out, it would still be a fun story because it's the Jadoon looking for a fugitive in Gloucester. I think that would be fun on it, on its own. Did you need Ruth to be the Doctor? You know, obviously obviously, he, he wants to set up his own arc and do his own thing and that's fine. But then um, you could always, you know, do a completely original thing and it's the story would still work. Did it have to be the Doctor? You know, I think for, you know, the whole fan and the great screen things maybe, but, you know, I think take that out, you'd still have something fun. Uh, I, I agree about the whole companions being shipped away for a next time trailer. I do kind of get that. Um, because before they got shipped away, in terms of like Ryan and Yaz, at least, they, they were quite cool. Like Yaz losing, using her uh, police skills alongside, you know, sort of against Jadoon, I think is really cool. And they, they started to do some good stuff with that. And then suddenly that, oh, they, there they are with Jack kind of standing around. So I do absolutely get that complaint um, completely. Um, but yeah, it, I think the thing is, it does move at a really nice pace. And um, generally, I, I, it can be entertaining. It can be an entertaining viewing. So, um, yeah, I like it. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I understand it. Um, I, and now we go to Time of Sean, which Oy. is the most polarising thing in the world. I, 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 think, I think I just got to, like, gear myself up. So... That's fine, um, you, you do it. I think, to be perfectly honest, it... For me, it doesn't necessarily... I suppose I should actually add Ascension to the Cybermen because it is like the preceding part. Like, um, basically, one of the most compelling characters of the haunting of Villa de Ardati, Ashad, gets a bit of a short straw, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. Like, he's good at the beginning, but then I think there's a lot more that could have been explored and can be, because it was kind of his finale until Sasha Dewan turns up and be like, nope, this is mine. Uh, it's kind of like, literally it's the third finale in, a, in like in Modern Who, where the master overshadows the Cybermen. It's a bit like, mm -hmm. it's a bit like we're here, we're a bit here again. Like, I don't get that to be honest. Um, and it's, and also the Cyberlords that, you know, quite a fun idea, but kind of, they do literally stand around. They're kind of, they're, it's, I think they're standing more on show. They show their abilities. You can see that they could be a, a threat that could go out there, but it, you know, they're kind of, for the most part, they kind of are just there on Gallifrey, just standing and just like doing stuff on the spot rather than I feel like the whole invasion. So I feel like even the Cybermen bit feels a bit 
secondary because obviously Chibnall wanted to do you know the revelations which in himself to be perfectly honest um while I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit more 50 50 than I was on the first viewing to be honest um I can see why people like the the whole thing it opens the door it you know it says it doesn't it sort of I, I get it but also at the same time um does canon and all that kind of stuff need a kind of explanation or do, do is kind of adding all this incredibly necessary does it does it further the 13th doctor's character and for me it didn't really do that uh, to be perfectly honest it, it didn't really change because she's kind of in that whole even in revolution for dance the following story she she suddenly you, you kind of feel like I don't really understand her state. Some, sometimes you feel like, you know, she's the doctor again. And then she's like, ah, oh, but all this stuff about my past, what is it about? It's kind of that like flip-flopping and it's a bit, I don't know. I don't think it's kind of just put Jodie in a weird kind of 50-50 situation that I don't, that I can't, I, I don't really get behind, I suppose. Um, but, and it's a bit of a strange... Adam, right? But Adam, she was in space jail. Yeah, I know that. I said that because I know that line grinds his gears so much. Chad, that he doesn't like that line. But... Even the companions are just like, "What?" It's like they're not, they're not like oh, they're not really supportive of her because like if if one of my one of my mates revealed we were in like space jail or something, you'd be like, "Oh my god, are you okay? Is everything you know what happened to it's you every, and everything like that?" But then they're just like mad at her. I'm just like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. No, I'm with you on that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think for sure it's 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 a tricky one, isn't it? Um, yeah, I I don't know. I think it's good one of those that Chibnall's really got to pull pull out the hat now. Whatever mm. he decides to do next, I think he's really in the make or break. Look, because I think I think the issue is this has opened the door to the issue. Whether what what he does actually ends up being good, we don't know. We can't say. I ain't gonna say anything because I could say that Moffat was dumb at some point and he was, but I love Moffat. Yeah, so he could do something really cool with this. He could take it in a direction we would like. Who knows? The story isn't done yet. That's a good thing to remember. This in itself, mm. this in itself is a bottle. It might not be very good because he's kicked the door open to a storyline that some people are like, I don't know how to feel about this. But could it turn, yeah. into, could it turn into something amazing? Very possibly. But that's the time will tell. It's sort of like, in a sense... I suppose it's going to be that new Gallifrey going away thing, but it's kind of affecting yeah. Doctor more. What I want to see, and I really want to see, is during season fourteen, is to affect the Doctor more. I know, Ryan, I know, Ryan was very. I, I don't think it should be every episode the Doctor should moan and go, "I don't know anything about myself." No, but I think this should definitely be Doctor going. Well, I need to figure out more about myself. I need to, you know, prove myself that I am the person that I think I am. We need to see her come across more. She can't just be this bumbling. So I guess she should keep that in certain episodes. Mm. Like I said, I don't think, I like kind of this factory stuff. I don't think she should come up every single episode and every single adventure because that would kind of derail it. But we need to see a change in the Doctor's character. Definitely. I think that's going to come through. Can this timeless child up be good? Yes. Depending on what he does, how he does it, what have you. Could the master be lying? Yes, that would be the biggest cop out of all time and kind of ruin this finale and all the stakes it has. Um, but yeah, I think there is, there, there, it depend, it, it, there's a way out of that. It can be good, but he just needs to make sure that he has, unlike the Star Wars sequel trilogy, he needs to make sure that he has planned this out from point to point so that everything adds up. But in, an, in, a, in another bottle, I can see why people do not like this. I can see, do, based on the Chippenal era, why people are skeptic, skeptical. And like maybe this won't work at all and just be the complete bollocks. 
but who knows, eh? I can't say because we're not there yet. But Adam, cheers for doing this mammoth of a podcast because we've been going You're for welcome. four hours. We've yeah. Been, I didn't realise when we said to this concept it would take so long, but hey, it did. We started at four. It's now half seven. You're probably starving. I'm starving. Yeah. Um, anything you want to quickly plug? We won't do any wrap up. That's it. We've been going for three and a half. Um, I think the only thing I plugged was literally attack the very... box. Yeah, Saturday, sixth of March, three PM GMT. Go on Twitter, tweet hello to the demons along with us because we'll be tweeting Bok and Azal and uh, uh, witches and supernaturalists. Witches and shit. Um, <laughs> that's why didn't I? Why wasn't that the hashtag? Yeah, witches yeah. and shit. Yeah, witches and shit. Uh, yeah, check out your YouTube channel as well. Have you got some stuff planned, uh, or are you kind of taking a break? Potentially, yes. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking a bit of a break at the moment because you um, were like upload, 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 upload at one point. Yes, because it was sort of around the revolution of the Daleks, and then also some box set stuff and timeless victorious and all that bits of So I just did some coverage, but there's not as I suppose. What well, I don't know what to, I could cover. Like, what could I do? I could like, I suppose I could do anything I want, but um, not made any concrete plans yet. No. There we go. Um, yeah, so there we go. Anything also, you want to plug? Uh, just this Friday, uh, watch along with The Doctor's Wife, and then next week, me and Beef, we talk about Ant-Man. Apart from that, though, not much. Not much going on. Not No videos on the YouTube channel planned as such yet, but it's a busy time for university at the minute. During the summer, mm. there'll be more stuff coming out, and I'm sure and hopefully we'll get to meet up, and I'll hopefully do some kind of something in person with uh, this lovely chap and others. So uh, There we go. Yeah, but until then, guys, stay safe. Sorry this video was out late, um, but yeah put the work in and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.